Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chatting with PTs. This is a series where we chat with health professionals from a wide range of backgrounds about a wide range of topics. This week we chat to Ben Chips, a former semi-pro rugby player and currency trader in the City of London, to now a personal trainer, avid crossfitter and very recently a gym and business owner. It's a long episode for sure, but there was a lot of story to tell, including his rise in the ranks of rugby to then having to leave it all behind for the sake of his health, and then leaving a well-paid industry in the city and taking that plunge to be a personal trainer. And we've spoken about this on numerous occasions, that it's a very saturated industry, so many do leave uh, soon after joining, so it was interesting to hear how his journey's getting on. We also dig into his CrossFit journey and where that's going and what it was like being part of the very well-known WIT outfit. With this new series we've been doing, Chat with PTs, we're fully aware that we're going to have a, f- a few new listeners on the way, uh, simply interested in hearing someone they know. And with this episode, uh, it's a lot of fun, of course, but at our core, we are an evidence-based health and fitness podcast offering educational, but hopefully entertaining content. Over the last 12 months, we've explored various topics such as diets, recovery modalities, common myths in the industry, and something I know is very hot in the CrossFit world, CBD. Spoiler alert, we basically bury CBD for the most part. So yeah, if you want to have a bit of a laugh, broaden your horizons a little bit, learn some new things, then yeah, check out the rest of the back catalogue. Enough from me, as this episode is long enough as it is, so let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. Uh, we just talked, I don't know. Yep, we just talked. Um, it was going well. I've just realised I've left my jelly beans in the other room, so I've, I've fucked it. Can we restart? Or are we just going to go with this? We have to oh, we'll just go with just it. Go with it. Go go with it. We'll time you. I'll deal without my jelly beans. Fine. No, this is it. I'm going to fucking I'm gonna cause a shitstorm. I am not going to go live until I get my jelly beans. <laughs> I am on strike until I get my jelly beans. Ben, welcome to the uh, Chat Shit Get Fit podcast, where um, Tom causes havoc on a weekly basis. He's seen nothing yet. Oh, he's off. He's gone. He's away. He's gone. I'm hoping he comes back with some jelly beans. Find his jelly beans. Let's stay in that kitchen. <laughs> Surprised he can find anything. He normally has a cardboard box like behind him to like sort of block the, uh, the view the view off, but I, I think he's just sacked off because it kept a falling down. A bit of a down. team, Richie. I think so. Yeah, here we go. Oh, there oh, he is. is. He's back. And no one even noticed. And no one heard me slagging off your kitchen. Yeah, that is where it is a bit of a state, in it? And you see me washing pipe <laughs> where's over there. Where, where's, your, where's the cardboard barrier? Listen, socio-economic issues, mate, you know. That washing up's been there since, uh, you know, when the podcast began. It has been, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, welcome, welcome, Ben. This episode is, 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 is well, it's not going to be called just Ben, but it is, is an episode about you, chat with PTs, where we, uh, we chat with various PTs. And you are our guest this week. Thank you very much. How's that make you feel? Excited. Excited, I can tell. <laughs> Nervous. But, yeah, good. <laughs> good. I've been on a show before, so I'm calling it a show. I've told all my friends it's a show. It is a show. People are expecting big things from this. Um, I've told everyone I'm on here. I've told my mum I'm on here. So, yeah. I, I actually, we'll come back to this later. I've, t- I've told the boys uh, from the gym I'm on here, and I've been, I've, I've, I've been asked to slip a few few things in later on oh i like it i like i like it you you, you promote whatever you want ben if you want to if you want to promote, oh, it's, you not, promote it's, not pro- it's slander it's not promotion oh slander towards towards oh. certain people that you're gonna ask about <laughs> you have my curiosity now you have my attention <laughs> mm. we do like a bit of slander 
we do. I mean, Tom, you're you're worried every single week about your life because of the amount of people you've offended over the past twelve months, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. That's why I have to do like a double locking now on the doors. <laughs> mm. But on a serious note, we actually have had legal issues, but we'll move on from that. Um, we'll move on. Not that <laughs> we'll move on. Well, yeah, we'll leave that for the lawyers. Yeah. So, um, Ben, before we get into, we're obviously going to go into your your story, which I'm sure it's going to be very exciting. But what we need to start with is what people really tune into this particular series about, and the best ways for people to really get to know you is for us to rank your top three gym pet peeves. Now, before you get into this, we have got a ranking system. Um, it has recently changed. If you're a long term listener, you'll know what it used to be. It was extremely controversial. Um, I'm not going to go any further with that. Don't tell we me have got you've a new one. The C word out of it. No, no, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's the. the one there. That's the PG version. That's, that's the new one. Got oh, that's that. the PG okay. one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the RPC the RPC scale, Tom, t- talk us through it, mate, the RPC scale. So we have the RPC scale, which I think we're just sticking to the RPC scale, aren't we now, Bill? Because that seems to be everyone's favourite. Yeah, no one seems to like the RPF. I think it's just too minor. I know. Everyone likes to go full send, but uh, we've now got the RPC scale, which is the rate of perceived country. Now, of course, what everyone finds cunt-ish is subjective, so we scale it on 1 to 10. So I might find something... It's a little bit cuntish, so I might give that a four on the RPC scale. But if I go, well, that is really cuntish, then it might be an eight. If I'm like, well, that is like mega cunt, then I'll be like, well, that is a ten on the RPC scale. We nearly broke it last week. Well, we we went over it last week, didn't we? Yeah, we had to bury up. Well, sorry, not bury. We had to dig up uh, the old scale, unfortunately, because yeah, of the literally. Beans. I tried to go through a few episodes to see if anything I'm going to say has come up before, but. I lost interest. <laughs> Fair enough. We do like honesty. Uh, guys, it's been it's been a it's, it's been a pleasure, guys. We'll uh, see you next week. Unfortunately, yeah. we're going to have to cancel, have to cancel the show now. Apparently, we're boring. <laughs> no, to be fair, I was, it was just it was more that I was hearing things that it was just annoying me, and I was just like, I can't listen to this. Pure I sorry. Think about it. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Right, anyway, let's let's get into this. Let's get into these pet peeves. Give us number one, Ben. Hit us. Let's go. Blokes that think Nike Pros are not for underneath garments and wear them openly without anything covering them. <laughs> Do you want to just explain to our listeners what the what these garments are? What they're they're, they're I sort of get mine out. I'm wearing a pair. If you, <laughs> they're essentially <laughs> your gym underwear, which unlike a normal cotton underwear, provides you with a bit more movement, a little less restriction, and don't absorb sweat as much. So you've got a bit more, you know, breathability. You shouldn't fucking be wearing them without shorts over the top. <laughs> let's be let's be quite honest. Yeah, I've been, I've seen them. I mean, what what's your what's your opinion on people? I've seen someone wear these, but with the shortest shorts possible. Is that is there any point in that? Would you reckon? Do you, I do mean, you reckon that's just as bad. There's little or no point in that, but at least he's thought about other people's feelings a little bit. Yeah, it just I feel hmm. yeah. Is it? Are we going after Nike here? Is this an attack on Nike? In it's not an attack on Nike. Anyway? It's an attack on no. blokes who think it's acceptable. Acceptable, yeah. I've got no problem with Nike. Nike, if you're listening, love your work. I'll I do think they listen. Send me whatever you like. But uh, if you wear Nike Pros or any other similar, even the leggings as well, I find it's a push. Yeah. The virus do a good pair of leggings that you can lift in. And like, I kind of, I'm on the fence about those, but they're a bit more sturdy. You can see they're a bit thicker <laughs> than your, your average legging. I just think Nike Pros are far too flimsy. And too revealing, and no one needs to see that. And, and why is it always the blokes with the worst package and the awful glutes and fucking? They're built like a melted wheelie bin. A melted wheelie bin, <laughs> yeah. I like that. So yeah, that's that's number one. It came straight to my mind. I was like, brilliant. 
I'm trying to think where to rank this because we we're always done. You know, we we like to be nice and fluffy sometimes. But what people feel comfortable in, if they feel comfortable in that in the gym environment, that's great. But then are well, they making others feel uncomfortable? uncomfortable? That's what I was going to get onto, Ben. I've, I think if they're making up, I can actually. I'd probably say that's probably going to offend more people um, than them feeling. So we've got to look at the numbers here. They might feel comfortable, which is one person, but then there's probably about 10 people which are feeling incredibly uncomfortable because they've got their, their junk out. I, and I, mm. I'm sorry, I have to say it. The guys that I normally see doing it are don't look like they're doing it because they're doing it because it's the most comfortable thing for them to work out in. I think it's a bit of a, I'm here, lads. I lift. Have a look. Yeah, I'm here, lift. Yeah. yeah. I'm here to <laughs> have some fun on the barbells and uh, lunge in your face. No, I get mm. you. Tom, what are you thinking, mate? Where, where's this going to go on the old scale? Uh, well, I'm going to be a bit neutral here. I'm going to say a five on the RPG five. scale Ooh, because <laughs> it's very subjective. It depends on the context as well. So it depends on... Talk me through a situation where it's okay. <laughs> I think it's okay if they're behind closed doors and I can't see it, but I'm just aware that they're wearing it. But they're... <laughs> um, <laughs> However... If I am. So when Bill texts you and he's about to do a home workout and he's like, yeah. Tom, I've got to be Nike Pros. Crack on, yeah. Nike Pros only. So he, he, he's made me aware that he's wearing them, but I just can't see them. So I've got that image in my head. So I'm like, right, well, that's a bit of shit for you to do that, Bill. But, you know, at least I can't actually see it. Although sometimes, you know, what you can't see is worse because your imagination starts running wild. And then all I can think about is Bill's danglers just handing out and all vinegary. But, I mean, uh, it does depend on the exercise you're doing as well. So, you know, if someone's doing like <laughs> the most flexible looking good morning ever <laughs> or, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. or, or if they're kipping and you're relatively close to them, Although like if you're close to someone that's kipping, something's gone wrong down the line. And if it's all <laughs> flailing about like two, you know, pheasants fighting in a pillowcase, then <laughs> so you, you see what I mean here. Depends on the exercise that's going on here and uh, and, and, and the social distancing. <laughs> if you're sat on your Watt bike at home and you're wearing cycling-esque shorts, happy days, do what you like. As long as I'm not aware of what they're doing. Like, just don't send me a text out of the blue saying... On the bike, wearing my shorts. Or worse, like don't it. send me a picture. I'm, I'm neutral on this. So you're going for, okay, well, I'm just going to go in with the context we were given, and that was obviously in the gym environment. Um, I'm going to probably go with, I'm going to say a seven, I think, for this one. Seven. I think seven's, I think seven's pretty short because, I, I, as I said, they What's might. What's this person doing, Bill? What, what are you thinking in your head? What are they actually doing? Um, they're doing a bit of, they're, doing, they're only doing a bit of bench. Bit of bench. Bit, oh, yes, that's exactly what they would be doing. Yeah, they would be doing. Yeah, they're not doing. That's, that's what they would be doing. That's the person. Yeah, that is the person. Not in the abductor machine, seat abduction machine. No bench. Just letting it curls. pour out. Few I'm sorry to say this, but I don't think a lot of people would be seen dead on abductor machines. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it depends if they're wearing those shorts and it's the kind of person you'd find on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they've got it, they want to flaunt it. I don't care if the exercise is specific. <laughs> Maintaining eye contact at all times. Yeah. I hope there's someone listening who does this exact thing. I'd make <laughs> Super Saiyan now have a hip thrust. <laughs> oh, yeah, hip thrust. Where would you put this, Ben? Where would you put this on the old RPC scale? Fucking 12. Tw- right, well, if you're going to go 12, we're going to have to, Tom, I mean, do we have to go there. I don't... What, what, what are they doing? <laughs> right, 12 is off the scale. And if we go off the scale, the rule is we have to bring back Jimmy. Uh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's like, Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> I'm warning you now, Ben. Do you want to stick to The old 12? scale... The old scare was like the most extreme thing was what spending a night in Jimmy Savile's bed. But now, do you know what? Jimmy Savile was the exact person, kind of person, who that would wore those type of shorts. 
He, he would. would have. I, he right, would. bang, yeah, <laughs> nail on the head. He would. Join post-production. We'll Google it. We'll bring up an image for everyone to look at. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we could find Jimmy wearing some of those shorts. And if not, we will Photoshop some. Do you know what I've noticed, Tom? Since we've started this series, we decided to revamp the uh, ranking scale. I think we've mentioned the old Never scale every single episode. Never have we ever spoken about Jimmy as much as what we have since banning him. I know. The, the heart desires what it misses. <laughs> I watched a, a, an interesting... This is completely off topic. I watched an interesting thing on YouTube the other day. It was like comparing American soccer chants to UK football chants. Yeah. And the Americans don't do them very well. They're very sort of like to the point, like fight and win. Is that... Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I know exactly what clip you're on. And then, but... The clip that follows it of all the English clubs is literally every chant is calling someone Jimmy Savile. <laughs> yeah. It's not the, it's not the or, or saying that they were touched <laughs> by him or fathered by him or just anything. I watch these Americans reacting to it and these guys obviously <laughs> didn't know who he was and they were like, this poor bloke. Yeah. It's like the lowest hanging fruit, isn't it? Let's <laughs> go for Jimmy straight away. Uh, speaking of which, I told you. Oh, fuck off. Here we go. I told you. <laughs> yeah. Is he on a dip station there? Uh, yeah, and he's actually got a small child underneath him. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this, this is the point where the music would kick in. I'd play the little, I'd, I'd edit into music to so move swiftly on. Ben, talk to me. Number two. Right, number two. Um, this used to happen to me a lot in the Easy Gym because uh, I was a member for a while. Um, blokes that used to be like, oh, can I jump in with you? And then, I'm not saying I'm strong, but would proceed to, as you start working into your actual working set, start telling you about why they can no longer lift the weight you're currently lifting. And it is just like all right, mate, I don't mind if you're not as strong or if you're working a different rep range or, you know, you're going for sets of 20, whatever. I, I, I honestly don't care about the fact that you once twisted your shoulder badly when you're about 25 and ever since then your bench hasn't been right. Don't, like, just get on with it. And stop telling me about how I could be better. Oh, so what's the what's the pet peeve here then? Is it is it the, the people jumping in on your set or is it the people who... It's just uh, the people just having to reminisce. find the justification for why they can't do it anymore. We, we've spoke about this before, haven't we, Tom, on the actual pet peeves episode we did like ages ago. Do you remember that? Kind, we spoke about... Of, um, yeah, about the back in my day, etc. But yeah, this one is more like crew. making excuses, isn't it? And it's like, do you know what? The vast majority of us just, they, we don't care. <laughs> We don't care. The last thing, I used to go at like 9pm after work when I had a real job. I, I was like, I don't want to hear your, your chat. I, 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 I'm okay with you joining in with me, but if you're going to get your head down and do something, stop telling me about why you can't. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't go to the gym as if it was a pub for a chat with someone. You go there to do your lifts, do your session and get out of there. Especially when it's nine o'clock and you've just done work. You're fucking hanging out, aren't you? And you it's know, always unrealistic as well. Like, oh, used to bench 200 for five when I was younger. <laughs> yeah and it's like no you didn't you can't even count to 200 mate like <laughs> yeah that's number two and the excuse is never exciting either it's never like yeah I reversed over my own arm the other day no exactly You're like, like oh, oh. <laughs> I, I hurt my ligament yeah spinal <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just spinal I broke my back the old Mike Tyson go on Bill 
I don't well if we I'm trying to think of what we said on the when it was the back in my day crew I think we had a bit of sympathy for them didn't we because we were like they were just trying like old people trying to impress the, the younger guys trying to make them feel included but I feel like if we're going down the whole excuse route where they're just making excuse after excuse like I did this one day you know I did this I did that then it's just like as you said we don't really care um, or like I'm yeah anymore because I hurt my knee and it's like fine well why why are you trying to squat or you or you do squat and you're trying to rehab it but again it's none of my business and I'm not here to do on your reps I'm here to do my own mm-hmm. yeah I mean where do I put this one I it depends on your mood as well, doesn't it? If I mean, if I'm in, if I'm in your mood, where at nine pm I'm tired, I just want to get the session done. We're probably looking at ten, aren't we? Because I'm going to be absolutely, you know, raging. But if if it's just like yeah. a, a normal session midday, I could probably get away with a seven. I'd be like, yeah, mate, cheers, yeah, nice one, yeah, thanks for that. You know, like the old, cl- <laughs> yeah. you know, the, you know, the, as we said, enough episode. We just do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't listen to what they say. You just go. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like you're on your tenth. That's crazy in the space of three minutes. Like, yeah. Fuck, I don't. I don't have any more. That's crazy. Any left in me? You just repeat it back to them as well. Oh, two hundred. Yeah. It was your ligaments. Oh, football injury. Like, you could have gone pro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> same actually. What year? What academy? Like. <laughs> Yeah, we could be all day with these, could we? Um, I'd, yeah, I, I'd say depending on the mood, but we're looking at between a seven and a ten, depending on how I feel. Mm. Do you know what? I would say seven, but because this has put a particular person in my head, I'm going to go with an eight. And it was when I first kind of got into personal training and it was this old guy and he would always, always, whatever it was that I was doing when I was off shift and I was training, he'd come up to me and it'd be like, so he, wasn't, he wouldn't want to work in with me, but he. this is kind of going a bit off topic, I suppose, in a way, but he was one of those people where he was like, oh, I, could, I used to be able to do that, or I could do that, but, and then he would start kind of coming up with excuses. So it wasn't that he was working in in between my sets, because I'll be honest with you, I, I know it's going to sound really shitty, but I do everything in my power to make people think twice for working with me. Not intimidate anything, because I can't intimidate anyone, but if, that... Or wearing really, really short Savile shorts. Yeah, with Nike Pro, there's nothing over the top. <laughs> uh, but no, I'll just say like, they'll be like, oh, how many you got left? And I'll go, I'm doing German volume training. I've got like nine sets left, mate. You know, and I've only got a minute rest in between each one, you know, and I, I fucking hate German volume training. I'll never do it anyway. But that's the excuse I'd give. Something random <laughs> like, that'll make them think, you know what, fuck this, this isn't worth my time. But yeah, yeah, in my head, I've just got this old guy in my head that would always go like, a, yeah, back in the day, my leg press was this and I'll be like, I don't give a fuck about leg press. This is an accessory exercise. No one cares about your fucking leg press <laughs> record. Yeah. You know? I don't think I've ever cared about what anyone's ever been able to leg press. Me, no. me neither. You know, you never see YouTube compilations, do you, of leg press? No, you, you do. You know. see it when it goes wrong and their knee buckles backwards. And- oh, yeah. yeah they turn into good, a yeah. transformer and they just fold up. Oh, well, speak. Eddie Hall <laughs> passed out, didn't he, on the leg press? Eddie Hall passed out in the leg yeah, press. Yeah, passed out doing, a, was it a thousand pounds? <laughs> Stupid. Like, and all the fucking fins to pass out on. Yeah, he's <laughs> That's a strong yeah, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ben, what oh. are you saying? Where, where are you thinking? I'm, I'm only going to get, to be fair, I'm going to give it an eight because sometimes you do hear some funny stories and you just go and tell everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. solid eight. It's the awkward one. The awkward one, Ben, is when they um, they go, "Yeah, I used to um, I used to be able to squat loads, but then I had a bit of an accident, and you sort of just fob them off, and then you see them walk off, and they've got a stump, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> oh shit, okay, sorry, <laughs> like you're just like, yeah, mate, nice one, cheers for that. Okay, yeah, good point there, mate. Sorry, you've actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. No excuses, just work harder. Hard work <laughs> yeah, with, with one leg. <laughs> 
Squatting is just a state of mind. Oh dear. I'm loving these pet peeves. It's great. Let's go. That actually did happen to me years back. Once again, when I first started, I was talking to a guy and he was sat on either. It was like a seated machine. I don't know if it was like a seated overhead press or chest press. It was one of those. And I was talking to him for ages. And then I was uh, was just talking. And I was like, oh, so like, uh, do you ever do like like barbell movements or any of that? Do you do any squats? And he just went, no, mate, I, I can't squat. And I went, oh, that's what everyone says. And as I walked around... Like these these big like matrix machines, they've got that big board a bit. And as I walked past, I saw the guy had his fucking motorized wheelchair just on the other side of it, and I was just like, "Fuck!" I was so fucking embarrassed, and I felt awful. I was so embarrassed, I just walked home, finished my shift. Yeah. Anyway, number three, Ben. Let's go. Well, so is this just general gym pet peeves, or is this as a PT as well? Anything in the industry, PT. As soon as you tell someone you're a PT and they do this, you need to bear with me on this one. I'm a PT. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I need to get get rid of some myself. Actually, need to need to start. Poor. Yeah, you're right. I need to start hitting. It. And it's like, no, I didn't. I didn't. No, you are. <laughs> I've told you, stop grabbing your belly and whatever, and telling me that you gym again just because i've told you that's what i do for a living mm. i've done it till now you're probably not gonna get yeah. it and just finding yeah. out that i'm one doesn't make any difference to anyone yeah i get that often <laughs> a hell of a I, honestly so which i'm trying to set up a gym at the moment and everyone who comes in like to see us as soon as you go oh yeah we're, we're setting up a gym oh <sighs> Yeah, I need to start working out myself, actually. And it's like, all right, cool, we'll set up some sessions for you. Yeah, but, yeah, life. Okay, so that was... Yeah, it. no context, just just, just life. Yeah, just, just, just life. Oh, there's this uh, COVID thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's just excuses, and it's like, I oh, don't, honestly, you don't care. If you want mm. to train you, I'll happily just say, like, oh, yeah, I need to get on with it, and I'll, I'll do something with you, and we can work through it, but... Don't just tell me for the sake of bringing me the very little fitness you have mm. in as a conversation starter. The worst one is when you mention it and just out of nowhere, it's, what do you recommend I can do to get the fat off my arms? And then you're just like, hmm, what would be the quickest way to just, you know, end my life right now? <laughs> just to avoid this conversation. <laughs> so very, very funny thing happened to me today. The boys on my uni rugby group were giving me a bit of stick because uh, a few of them are PTs and stuff. And someone texts me saying, how do I spot reduce but fat on my belly? And just so happens, as I was walking through the gym, I'm trying to find it. I bumped into James Smith, PT. <laughs> Fuck. No, no, you're joking. Uh, so I sent that as a reply. Mm. Dig. I'm not what saying is- anything, Bill. Right, our legal team has told us not to say anything <laughs> at this point. Um, Are you boys not fans? Uh, right, we're going to have to make a part two now, aren't we? We're going to be here for some, we're gonna be here for some time. We're going to be here not for some keen. time. We may have a few legal issues. Um, <laughs> well, not me particularly. Mainly, I'm looking at Tom, really. Um, it's, done, it's done great for the podcast in terms of being uh, name-dropped. Uh, I ain't done nothing, mate. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. 
Is he, is he staying for long? Is he been or is he, is he off back to Australia? I think he said like six months. Oh, for fuck's sake. Right, okay. Um, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Um, so we're talking about um, those people. Those people who just like, yeah, just as soon as they hear you're a PT, they just suddenly... Yeah, they suddenly care. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you. And they want to tell you about their own story, but they don't actually, as soon as you tell them, cool, let's do something about it, they're like, yeah. So they've literally just brought it up for the sake of having something relatable to say to you. Time wasters, basically. Yeah, it's not like, no, basically, it's like if someone goes to you, oh, I'm a bank manager, you don't turn around and go, oh, oh I've got a savings account myself, actually. Uh, like, yeah. Do you say, no, you don't. You just, <laughs> I've got money, actually. I've got money myself, yeah. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? You know, I work in a pub. Oof, oof, love Guinness. It's like <laughs> the first thing they can relate to, isn't it? It's like bumping into a mortician. Oof, I know someone's yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I went to a funeral recently. It's like, yeah. you probably didn't. So Just buried me nan last week. <laughs> How many people have you buried? Oh, you're a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, don't even know to put, I don't even know where to rank this well because it's just like, it's almost, you feel a bit, because these people are probably so boring that that's all they can that's all they can say. I mean, you get, I don't know. I don't know how to attack this one. Tom, do you wanna, what, what do you think? Oh, do you know what? Um, this is a bit of a hard one. It's, I'm, I'm only going to say, I'm going to stay neutral and say five because I understand sometimes people are being polite and it's just their way of kind of like almost trying to relate to you, except just, just, it's just something they're trying to find relatable to your job but at the same time it's when it leads on to certain things like oh can you tell me how to lose a bit of my arm fat or something like that or or, or they're like a chronic smoker they're smashing booze and then they're saying things like yeah the doctor told me I've got a bit of like a heart and blood pressure issue what do you recommend for that and you're like well you know you probably want to stop the heavy smoking heavy drinking but it's it depends on what the questions kind of lead on to do you know what i mean so it's a five it, it's, it depends but i know that most time people just don't give a fuck about well, they're happy to talk aren't they but they don't want to take yeah. action it's all it's all like there's no point saying yeah. shit you're not gonna do anything about it no exactly you're just wasting everyone's time another thing as well is when they do say something like uh, oh yeah i need to lose a bit of it myself like how am i supposed to respond to that do you know what i mean like do i go yeah you fucking do or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go for a seven again. I'm just, I'm just going to keep it a nice flat all round sevens for all of them. I think they're all yeah, they're all. In Actually, the- yeah, I want to change my I want to change my score ever so slightly to a six. Just tip it that way, just because how the fuck am I supposed to respond to a question like that without offending them? Yeah, it's really awkward. Put me in a shit position there, June, asking me that, bitch. <laughs> Sorry, just making up random people now. Making up random people. <laughs> what do you think of Ben? Are you? Are you I'm going to keep it at nine purely because nine. Wow. It's just going to keep happening and it's never not going to happen and we're not going to stop it. Yeah. I feel like it happens very often to you by the sounds of it. Yeah. So that just, nine, it's just that yeah. persistent niggle. Nagging. Yeah. was once in a blue moon, you'd be like, oh, well, people say silly things, but it's literally like almost a daily occurrence when you tell people. And it's just like, oh. I mean, a nine is pretty high. I mean, that that is like yeah, one the or... thing is also people don't want to listen to you. It's like, how do this? And then you tell them and then they're like two minutes later, they're like, oh yeah, but I heard this is good. And it's like, well, if you heard that's good. Go and do it. Why are you asking me? <laughs> Why is it not working? <laughs> yeah, again, like you've asked me for my advice. Again, I'll use the bank example. How should I invest my money? Oh, property's good. And then you turn around and go, well, well I've had oil actually, so I'm going to do that. Like, yeah. What'd you ask? <laughs> Right, 
Right, we'll move on to a uh, onto a more a more serious note. Well, we're probably gonna be serious with the way the way this podcast is flowing. I've got I'm getting a uh, I'm getting a feel of how this uh, how this is gonna go how this is gonna play down, and I'm loving every second of it. So uh, we'll move on to your journey now, Ben, which uh, I'm sure we're gonna be thrilled with. So if we look to your profile from an outside point of view, like I have, it would all seem quite crossfitty. Unfortunately, You'd probably boys, be like, I'm not on Tinder anymore because I've got a missus. So you won't at my profile. Right, I better take that out of the show notes then. <laughs> Sorry to our listeners, but, but no, I, I'd I'd probably say CrossFit seems to be the sort of uh, modality of choice for you currently, according to your social media profile. However, um, what I really want to know is is that where you started? Because when I did a little bit of digging, I saw some stuff about you being uh, heavily into rugby, um, yeah. and then which was quite uh, sort of funny in a way, really, because we had a guest on I think it was like a few episodes ago, and he was the same sort of thing. He was at rugby at quite a high level, decent level, um, and then he sort of just fell into CrossFit. And is that sort of similar thing to you then? Is it just kind of natural is progression? Rugby, or? Is it a gateway drug to CrossFit, basically? It sounds like I, it at the moment. Well, it isn't, it isn't. My story is a bit more shit than that. Um, and it still quite pisses me off, um, cool. to say the least. Okay. So I didn't start playing. I was useless at sports, most sports. I was all right at tennis, things with like slight bit of coordination when I was really young. And then from about secondary school I just wasn't really very good at much sporting wise I wasn't Hmm. fast I wasn't very like strong I wasn't very very athletic I used to love playing football but very few people would say I was any good at it so suddenly I decided to take sports GCSEs and then suddenly um, we had to do as part of it like a six-week plan for ourselves to see if we could get better at something and I can't remember what it, I did a 40 meter dash. So flying sprint, 40 meter. And for four weeks, I went to the gym ish. I did probably two sessions. I'd never been to the gym before. I think I squatted like four times over that four weeks and did a few like barbell bench presses and stuff. And I must have hit a growth spurt or something at exactly the same time. And suddenly my time went up by like just under a second. I think it was 0.9 improvement for a 40 meter dash, which was like, even my sports teacher was like, that's bloody good. Like you've, you've obviously been doing some work. And I was kind of like, well, I don't think I've done enough to, to elicit that sort of adaptation in that shorter time span. But yeah, so suddenly I got good at stuff. And then, um, one of my mates, I went to a pretty international school in Portland place. So it was like, we had a lot of people coming and going. And one of the boys that came and went, he was, Aussie and he was like oh come down and play Aussie rules and I was like yeah fine <laughs> so I went off and played men's grade Aussie rules me and my two very good friends from school one of them played for Wasps Academy quite high level um, we all ended up in the first team on the first summer so we all played this Aussie rules won the London Premiership suddenly realised that I was actually quite good at Aussie rules contact sports and we we got to seven season for school um in our first year of sixth form and we went to this tournament we did really well and suddenly I was like okay sports is my thing particularly at the moment like contact sport so I turned up to uni um having done like one pre-season with a team locally to me just for their third I was playing third team rugby but it was men's rugby so it's a you don't realize as a boy how different men's rugby is compared to playing to your level like from the outside, you're like, oh, it's just a bunch of men. They're all fat and unfit. But actually, even the most unfit bloke hitting you is quite demoralising. 
because mm. you're only 16 and you're not as big as these boys and you don't have that density or that man strength. I, I feel like you get that sort of man strength when you get a slightly older. Yeah. No matter how trained you are, you have that little bit of strength inside you that you don't have when you're slightly younger. So went off to uni. Um, on my first day, my peer guide was a guy called Jordan, who I actually program for now. Um, I program for him to do CrossFit because he's just picked up. He was a rugby league boy. And he came in and he was like, oh, I'm your, I'm your peer guide. Like, I do rugby league, come on a rugby league social. And I was like, don't know about that. Rugby league sounds weird. I went to uni in Bangor, by the way, because I didn't get into love, bro. RIP. Um, so <laughs> yeah, ended up in North Wales. So anyways, Wednesday of the week, he runs in with a bunch of boys from the rugby league team. We're meant to be on a night out. They come and get him take him away and then he turns around and goes we want this kid to play with us and this kid so my other mate Jay so we were there together with our course and they were like we want you two to play with us so some of the older boys were just like you're you're on our social now so went out with them great lot bunch of lads so I thought you know what if they're nice boys let me go and try out this rugby league see what happens so played rugby league for a year um played my first game at uni got man in the match scored the only try for Bangor we lost pretty badly to Lancaster. I still remember it because it was my first ever game and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, and then from there, it kind of like, I just got the bug and I was like, right, I'm good at this. And then suddenly the union team were short on players for their first team, even though they had a second team and they were like, Ben, do you want to play a game? And I was like, yeah, go on then. Turned up to to Bolton as a fresher, like literally this like fourth week of uni. I was shitting myself playing against these big lads like, Third years look huge when you're a fresher. You don't think this, but then when you're a third year and you look back at freshers, you're like, who are these 12 year olds in my club? So yeah, turned up, had a great game again. Like just had a great first year. And then second year rugby league made me captain. So I was quite happy about that to be, to be a second year and get made captain of a team is quite a big deal. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then because rugby league, we were in a league with only four other teams because Bucks doesn't have many rugby league teams. So it's like four other teams in the league. So we weren't playing a lot of the time. Um, I'd go and play for Union first. And so I'd play between the two. And just before summer in my third year, I got one call from the local Division One Welsh team. So Bethesda. Um, I did an internship doing design with their kits makers and he was like well in with the club and he was like oh so you're good at rugby and I was like I'm all right so they came and watched me play and they were like look next season come and play with us on your weekends because obviously we didn't play Saturdays at uni um so I was like yeah why not and then I got a call two weeks later from GB Pioneers so it's basically rugby league has this team which is the GB student pioneers where they take you away for 14 days a year to a country that's just started playing rugby league and you pay, play their national team uh, three times to basically help rank them, seed them, spread the message of um, rugby in their country and do clinics in schools and do a few clinics like just randomly with like people here and there. Like we went, we I got chosen to go to Ghana. So I spent two years in Ghana. We played the Ghana national team, bunch of big boys, weren't, weren't amazing at rugby. I think they scored one try in our entire tour. Wasn't my fault. Might be my fault. Uh, but but um, yeah, we like we did a day on the beach, just playing with like random people who came up to us. We were just like basically spreading the love, and then went to a couple of schools, taught all these kids the basics, and it was a really good experience. So 
I also made it to the Welsh students training squad a couple of times. Um, and yeah, so then I played for Bethesda every Saturday in my third year as well, which was Nat 1 in Wales. Um, so you've got Welsh Prem, Welsh Champ, and then it's the regional divisions. And we were in Division 1 for North Wales. And a lot of the boys from there did really well. So we've got quite a few boys who are now Scarlets. Um, a couple who went to South Africa. I've got one mate playing in America at the moment, I think for Texas, because it's all picked up over there. So anyway, I came back to London, played a season for my old club who were absolutely like, well, they weren't in the highest of leagues. And then um, I kind of wanted to push myself because I was like, I'm still young. I'm 22. I want to keep playing. I want to play at a high level. So my mate Flynn was at Barnes and he was like, there's a team across the road who are the league below us because Barnes were Nat 2. And he was like, go and play for this Nat 3 team. And just over my career, I just sustained so many head injuries. And when we were at uni, um, the amount of times I'd wake up on a field and the boys would just be like, chips, get up. You've got to move. Like we haven't got anyone else. Or the bench is empty, or we're not bringing that person on, so you better get up and play. And it wasn't the same protocols as it is now, like go off, make sure you're okay, blah, blah. It was like, you've got a headache, fucking get on with it. Just pick yourself up. Yeah, just get on with it. And I remember one game distinctly, like we we had loads of games backlogged one season because of the weather. Obviously, North Wales is just flooded half the year. So we ended up playing seven games in two weeks. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Your body must have been a bit. No recovery there then. Well, no, because it wasn't also, it was between the two teams. So I had to play three for the club and then three or four for uni as well. So it was a real like jam-packed two weeks. And I remember the last game I was playing for uni, I was in a ruck. I got a flying knee to the temple. I remember it because I remember it hurting when I woke up. My mate Ollie was stood over me. He was like, mate, you got five minutes left, please. Just get up and play. So got up made the final tackle of the game. Um, this is where it's kind of like quite scary, actually. So I made the final tackle of the game. I remember just throwing myself in front of this bloke because he was cutting down the wing and I was like, there must be time. So I threw myself at him. Next thing I know, whistle's gone. I'm sat on the pitch. People are asking me questions. Next thing I know, I'm sat at my house on the stairs, naked with a towel on me. And my housemate, Jordan, who I now program for, his missus is stood next to me going, Ben, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going for a shower. And she's like, no, you're just sat on the stairs, mate. What, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going for a shower. Leave me alone. And so she called the boys. They came home. They looked after me. Um, and yeah, I got multiple injuries. I did my knee in on my first game in the Welsh Leagues. I, I basically did my MCL. But the head injuries were what took its toll. And then when I came to play for this final team, I got one head injury and as soon as I came back from it in training, I got a second and I, again, I don't remember this, but apparently the coach looked at me and said, Chip's get in the changing room now. And I just like walked off mumbling to myself, like not really there. He came back, asked me how I was getting home. Again, I was just mumbling to myself. And then they were like, take a few months out, took some months out, felt really good, came back pre-season, took a knock first game pre-season. I was playing really well as well, which really pissed me off. And then, they were like, look, we're going to send you to a specialist. We need you to take a year out, mm. minimum. So I took a year out. I went and saw the specialists and they were like, look, you're playing semi-pro. You're not getting that much money from it. It's not your livelihood. We've done the tests. They're not too bad, but they're not great. And, you know, if you want to be all right in 20 years time, we can't guarantee that you will be. So you need to make a decision and we'd advise that you stop. 
Did they give you scans and imaging, did they? Or Oh, mate, yeah, I was in there fucking... I'd the whole lot, yeah. Been in an MRI machine more times than I care to mention. See, yes, yeah. horrendous. They got me in to do... I had to do all these, like, cognitive tests, so I'd sit in a room with an iPad and click things and do sums and do sentences, and there was one test where I had shown, like, a regression, um, which was slightly worrying. And Obviously, mum had kittens, and she was like... She'd never come to watch me play because she was like, I can't watch you play. Yeah. So, yeah, eventually they were like, yeah, it's probably best you knock it on the head. And um, I did. And then so I spent a bit of time just a bit lost, um, not knowing what to do. Obviously, I had, a, I had a job on top of this. And the other thing that kind of made me think I need to stop is I got sent home from work twice because of concussions. I was sat at my screen. I just, my eyes were killing me. My head was pounding because I couldn't look at the brightness on the screen. And I was just like, I can't be here. And I got sent home from work twice and mm. at that point I was kind of like yeah probably should should sack this off so from there um long story short I was like what can I do and I've been seeing CrossFit for a while weird story Jack Cornthwaite went to my uni okay cool yeah Tom has no idea Tom has no idea that. sorry uh, Tom, Tom has no idea that Tom has nodded but he has no idea who that guy is yeah so he's a, he's a CrossFit athlete um he's pretty good um, and in my first year, he was a third year and he came and actually he stepped in for us for a game. And I remember him being an absolute unit, but we used to train in the gym at the same time, but I'd be doing my rugby stuff and he'd be doing his CrossFit stuff. Yeah. And like, we knew who each other were, but obviously we lost touch. He left uni. I carried on being there for three years and then he became who he was. Um, so, but I was aware of CrossFit and I was like, right, I've done team sports. Like I'm happy about team sports. I can do team sports. Let's see what I can do. But even when I started CrossFit, I did a lot of team comps with Sam Cornforth, with the boys from Wit, like Will Griffiths. And I enjoyed them and turf games and stuff like that. But then as I've gone through CrossFit, I've kind of found that I want to now work on myself and what I can do and how hard yeah. I can physically push and like not rely on others. Like rugby, it's all about knowing that that boy is going to make that tackle for you. That boy is going to make the pass. You know, someone's going to pick it up. And CrossFit team stuff, like turf game stuff, all that sort of stuff is always like, oh yeah, that boy's going to do this for me. This boy's going to do this for me. I can pick up the slack here, blah, blah. I've never really gone it alone. So last year was meant to be my first year where I was going to do Battle for Middle Ground alone and National Fitness Games alone. And then obviously the COVID hit. So I'm back into Battle for Middle Ground qualifiers in a, two weeks. So hopefully I qualify and then I get, um, I get to go and compete alone and see how I do. If you if you're being honest, Ben, because obviously CrossFit was um like a massive part of your life, where would you would you say you'd rather have been doing that more than CrossFit? What would you say you prefer? Because obviously you're doing CrossFit now, but would you, if you could, and then- it's a very very hard question. But like, mm. so I went and I don't talk about this much, but I went and saw um an analyst afterwards um, after the whole rugby thing, and they were like, "Well, it's come like a death to you." because of the community and all your mates, like 90% of my mates were from rugby in one sense or another, whether it was uni, whether it was here, whether it was there, there was, there was always a connection. I like myself more as an athlete now because I do think the level I was playing at, although it was good and I had some really, like I was doing like some good seven circuits in the summer as well. And like the levels were high. Um, I was never going to make it all the way. And I like the fact that I've worked on things that I probably should have worked on sooner. 
the fact that I'm more mobile now, the fact that I'm not as broken, the fact that I'm not as heavy, the fact that I can appreciate my conditioning more rather than like I I used to be able to squat heavy, I could bench like 160, I could, you know, I could run pretty fast than a hundred, but I was big. I was 105 kilos. I'm 93 to 95 now. So I just think I'm all around healthier for for this life. And that's what I kind of appreciate about CrossFit is it kind of brought me around to hold on a minute. You might be strong, but you're not fit. And you're not going to be able to say this. And when you're older, you're going to regret all the things that you can't, mobility you don't have, all those aspects that were weaknesses that I'd never thought about. I'd never thought about squatting overhead. Okay, who cared? Like a shoulder press, like a fucking you know, ball. Like, I didn't care. Now, I'm like, oh, crap. I can't snatch more than 80 kilos because my shoulders don't go in the right place. Let me work on it. And then because I've worked on it, oh, now I can do this easier. This doesn't hurt as much. I'm more flexible in this this area. And, you know, it, it's all just helped. So it's a very hard question. I, I, I hated leaving the life, but I think it was best for me on the whole as a as a... Do you think you can go all the way in CrossFit? No. I'd love to, don't get me wrong, yeah. and I aspire to, but I'd be happy to... Uh, I'd just be happy to be slightly recognised. Slightly recognised, okay. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I think I'm... I think I value life yeah. a bit too much. It's to, people don't realise that dedication that's required. If you look at a lot of the games athletes out there, I mean, look, Matt, Matthew Frazier, if people aren't aware, he's like, you know, five-time fittest man in, on earth, according to the CrossFit Games. And he, I remember seeing comments from him saying he would say to his uh, Mrs. Sammy, uh, no, nah, sorry, I can't go yeah. I can't go for dinner tonight. I've got to go to bed so I can get 10 hours sleep. He's like, I have to get 10 hours sleep. Yeah. He just chin, he basically bin her off all the time for these things. Just making sacrifices. Yeah, and he said, yeah. well, that's what you need to do to be the champion. And if you, if you can't make those sacrifices, I think you've just got to accept early on, look, I'm never going to get to that yeah. level. But as you said, if you're happy to be like, look, I just want to be at a decent level. I mean, if you do well in the open, for example, people know you know. Exactly. And also, like, and like, if I get to go to like, you know, a semi-finals one day or you know if i get to compete in a, in a in a good team at like strength and depth or you know just know that i've got it in the locker that i'm good enough and you know going from someone who couldn't do an overhead squat to someone who who can i can't do this yet but it's my next goal is to handstand walk you know that's a that's massive for me but at the same time I, w- I want to build a life and I want to build a career. And right now I can't do that being just an athlete. Becoming a PT has helped that incredibly. And like, I wouldn't be half the athlete I am today if I hadn't made the switch from there to there. But I also don't think that I could go all that, all the way at the moment. I'd need to make too many sacrifices in life to get there. I mean, I think as well, if you're going to just go full on sending the training, how could if people have got mortgages, if they've got kids and stuff, or if they've got other responsibilities, how do you, how could you do that? How, how can you just drop all your tools and do, I mean, back in the day, I don't want to take anything away from athletes who have won it previously in the early years, but obviously it wasn't as fierce. No, exactly. And people probably got away, people got away with probably doing not as much training. I mean, even old athletes like Jason Kleeper would say, oh, this year we only trained that many times a day but then the next year the competition got fiercer so we actually had to up our training and now it's got to the point where if you're not training five times a fucking day like some of these lunatics there's no point even trying it's 100 percent your life yeah <laughs> exactly but then and then so yeah and then that's the other thing so i think the con- 
the other thing that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't stopped rugby is I don't think I would have actually made the leap to becoming a PT. Really? Because I so I worked in the city for five years. I was. Um, what were you doing? For a majority of it, I was broking uh, currency. I used to buy and sell currency. I was on premier corporate desks. So I used to deal with uh, sort of the bigger clients. Um, and it was good life, you know, got good money, um, quite stressful. But I could go to training Tuesday, Thursday. I could go to the gym and I'd play rugby on a Saturday, go out on a Saturday night, spend all Sunday in bed and then go again on Monday. And then as I had to stop playing rugby and I got into CrossFit a bit more, I was like, you know what, like, Maybe there's a bit more to life than sitting behind a desk and waiting for the weekend. And I've been around sport for all this time. I've been around strength and conditioning coaches. Like Bangor was a really good uni for sports science. So I was around all these people who are really deep into sport. And I was like, well, I don't know any less than these people. So let me go and try my hand at it. And our company got taken over and I kind of knew I was on the way out and I thought, I've got three months guaranteed pay here. Let me go and get qualified and see what happens. And I think the person who was surprised the most was my mum. Because I told her I'm leaving the city and she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm sacking it off to become PT. And she was like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah, I am, trust me. And uh, she was like, she took a while to come around to it and she eventually did. And I think the penny dropped for her when... The day after I handed in my resignation, I got gardening leave. So I wasn't allowed to work for anyone, but I was getting paid for a month, basically, because they kick you out. You don't, you, you're not allowed to hang around. It's here's my notice. And then they're like, there's the door. And you get paid for that month, but they don't want you around just because of security reasons. They don't want you to be able to nick any clients if you're going elsewhere or remember any details. So as soon as you hand in your notice, you're out the door, they'll pay you for it, but that's off you go. So because I was going to a new industry, they weren't as tight on me. And I passed my PT on that day that I resigned. So that's, I did a little post on it and someone reached out to me and was like, oh, Metabolic in London is looking for trainers, like go and speak to them. And literally I was up at 5.30 the next morning to go and shadow a trainer for free. So I worked shit jobs for a month because I wasn't getting paid. And I was just taking all the experience I could get it's a, good, it's a good approach. A lot of people need to. You, a lot of people uh, miss that trick where they uh, they don't like. They think, oh, why should I work for free? But you can you can get a lot from that. And then sometimes opportunities at the other end of it do yeah. appear. Exactly, and like just by turning up every day and showing that you care, yeah. people who worked at the gym were like, hold on a minute, like so we don't have to pay him. He comes here off his own back. He cares. He puts in that extra effort. So when I turned around and was like, right, I want to take sessions on my own and I need to get paid now. Yeah, cool. Of course. So um, obviously I'm not there anymore, but I'll always appreciate everything I learned from that first job at Metabolic and yeah, um, one fitness, which is the other place I worked. They, I got qualified with them and then they used to do half an hour sessions in the morning. You just get 10 pounds um, max you could get was 14 depending on how many people came to the class and they used to be from 5 until 7 or 5.30 until 7.30 horrible hours in Tower Bridge uh, in the morning in the middle of December and I used to go and I used to do them and but I like it because I learned a lot from those initial 2-3 months to where I am now I would never have got this far if I hadn't learned the hard way and I think 
that's what a lot of people don't get is that in any job or in any career or whatever, you've got to do the shit work. You've got to pay your dues. You've got to shovel shit for a while. It's the only way you learn as well. And okay, I, I haven't had to shovel shit for as long being a PT because I'm doing all right at it. And people notice that and taking it on board. But I think a lot of people think they should just have greatness handed to them and not have to put in the work and not have to get extra qualifications. You know, you sit on some of these PT courses and you look around and you're like, really? You can let these boys fucking... I had boys on my course, like, not to name names, but there's people on my course who didn't know how to deadlift. They didn't know what a deadlift was. And then you're telling me in 12 weeks' time, this guy's going to be teaching someone how to deadlift or how to progress from it. And that that's what kind of... It already separates you out anyway. But then the fact that most people go, oh, I'm level three now, bye. You know. Doesn't work like that, does it? <laughs> how can I get to that next level? How can I be... You know, what's going to differentiate me? I'm going to do pre and postnatal. Not many blokes do that. So I did it. They forced me to do it. I said no about a million times. But she was like, if we both get it and we open a gym, we can both do it. You might not ever have to use it, but you've got it. You, you're you qualified for life. You know, uh, what other ones have we done? She did a nutrition one. I missed out on that. Oh, I signed up for my level four S&C. So I'm doing strength and conditioning. It's taking forever because it's not easy. But, you know, in a year's time, oh, you're just a PT. Well, no, actually, I'm actually a strength and conditioning coach as well. So it's about always growing, isn't it? Because we've, you've literally just said, you've literally just said exactly what we talk about on the podcast. We're talking about how the bar is set so low. Um, and, and the issue is, is people like what were we discussing yesterday so the other week we were discussing how there's like myself for example in a military environment other people like other pts i work with in a military environment the the the, the thing we've got that's good for us is that we deal with a wide range of people old young you know uh female male and when we come out the other side when we first step into gyms for the first time we've already got all this experience of working a wide range of people whereas a guy who's just come out of school and he's done this PT level three. He's then going to think, right? I can coach people now. I can, I can go and. Co-. But they've, they don't even know how to talk to people. They've never, really, they've never been exposed to different types of people. So you get old little June come up to them saying, oh, "I want to do this. I'm not really sure about that." They're, they're going to be like, "What?" They're going to be thinking, "Where's, where did it teach me this? I'm a level three. Where, where's my level three tell me about yeah, this?" Yeah, let's get you on people. the bench. Oh, I can't. The amount of times that even me, like in these classes, because the gym that I worked at with these classes, it was six people at a time. And these half an hour sessions would like to compliment their PT to keep them ticking over cardio wise, basically give them a little hit session and got a lot of old people in them. And it was only then that I realized, hold on a minute. Some people can't lunge. Some people can't squat. Some people need more time to do this. Some people find getting up and down very hard. And, you know, that prepared me for when, you know, I had a client walk in and they were like, oh, well, I'm this age and this is what I want to be able to do. And some people walk in, they're very able and they can do everything. And some people, you have to literally stand there and be like, right, today we're going to get up and get down. You know, we're going to stand up. Then you're going to lie down. You're going to stand up for me again. That's going to be part of your workout. But some people, who, you know, I can't squat. Okay, you're going to sit on this box and then you're going to stand up from this box. And slowly, in three, four weeks time, mm. you'll be able to squat. There's a regression and a progression for everything. But I do think just generally in life these days, a lot of people think, oh, I've done it now. Like even even being a broker, the thing that winds me up the most, and I'm sure you've seen it, is um, I get all these Instagram adverts for like, make thousands of pounds from the safety of your own home trading. 
Oh, my oh, God. Oh, fuck yeah. off. The people promoting that would not be making those adverts no. if that was the case. Exactly. <laughs> and a lot of them are just like very intricately sort of knitted scams. In well, they are, yeah. But it's like, you know... I don't know if you heard of him, Ben. Have you heard of a YouTube channel called Coffeezilla? No. You need to look at he, he's um he's hilarious. He basically goes after all these like these these basically these scammers, these traders. It's it's hilarious. So he'll go he'll do like TikTok traders one day, and then he'll go after like the, the big one. There'll be like these. There's a guy called Jay Mazzini who did like some huge Bitcoin scam, and he basically went after him. The FBI arrested him because of his. Really? Cra- yeah, he's really entertaining. You should I'll get Coffeezilla. Give him a look. We'll send you signals. All right. If if that worked, yeah, there'd be a lot of boys in the city who wouldn't be working ever again. There'd be a lot of people without the, you know, if people, it's the most true thing I've ever seen in the film is when in The Wolf of Wall Street, the guy goes, it's all fucking smoke and mirrors and no one actually knows what's going on. And if you're going to sit there and tell me you can send me signals to make me 300 quid every second, there's something distinctly wrong there. Otherwise, everyone and their cat would be doing it. Yeah. Including the person advertising it. <laughs> you wouldn't need to be. You wouldn't be sat here telling me how to no. do it if you were making millions, would you? Sat on a yacht, like not worrying about life. You get this the fitness industry as well, though, Ben. You see, you see people promoting, saying, "Is your online business fitness business struggling? I can get you guaranteed high ticket paying clients every every high ticket clients every day." And it's like, well, then why aren't you fucking doing it? I mean, why why are you selling me this fucking call? I got one the other day from a boy that looked like he was like nineteen years old. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> honestly, it's, um, that one really winds me up, and it hit a nerve a couple of weeks back, um, and it really. It caused some friction. I won't name the person, but I don't really rate a lot of people. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm. No fair play. I'm, I'm in the same boat. No, like I, and I think that's a good thing because it means that you're. A couple of quotes that I like to live by is just like, you are the average of the people around you. Yeah, and um, you know, set. It's not really so much a quote, but it's just like don't set your bar to the same height as everyone else. So growing up, my best friend, Flynn, he was unbelievable at everything. QPR Academy, Wasps Academy, like I said earlier, on track to be fucking superstar, you know, Westminster under 16s weightlifting champ. I hope he doesn't mind me saying all this. He probably won't listen. Um, But he was very good athletically, very strong, very, very strong, like, um, he's been quoted as like one of the most um, was it elastically powerful athletes by like one of the top S&C coaches in the world that he worked with at Wasps. Um, I'll stop licking his ass in a minute. Um, but anyway, so he was unbelievable at everything. And his older brother, again, like absolute beast animal, was a bodybuilder, but would also win competitions based on strength. So he could easily win a powerlifting meet. And my teachers at school because we went to such a small independent private school do you know who colin bryce is you heard the name doesn't sound familiar he's a weird bloke who commentates on world's strongest man i probably will yeah i probably know to be like strong man he used to be a bobsledder and he was one of my p teachers his bobsled partner and shot put and highland games champion friend scott Ryder, was our other teacher Mr. Jeffer was a Commonwealth triple jump champ. Scott Ryder's uh, wife, Miss Dunkley, she was another one of our teachers. She was like a shot put champ. 
So we had all of these unbelievable athletes and like mediocre just was never considered good. Oh, miss, I benched 100 today. Cool, good story. Like, next. I remember I got to my first year at uni, I just started playing rugby and I sent Mr. Ryder, because he was doing my programming at that point, sent him an email being like, sir, sir, I hit 100 kg on a power clean today. And he was like, that's cute. Mr. Bryce was doing that when he was six. And all that kind of chat and Flynn and all these people kind of kept me grounded that, you know, actually the bar for strength isn't here, it's here. The bar for power isn't here, it's here. And it transfers into all your life, not just your work and not just your workouts. But if you maintain that higher standard, you will be of a higher standard. Because now when people go to me, oh, you can squat 200 kilos. I'm like, yeah, but I weigh 93. You should be able to squat double your body weight. You know, okay, it takes a bit of time, but it's not impressive. Impressive are those boys who hit those real big numbers. This is just training. This is what I should be able to do. This is a result of what I do. It's not, it's not groundbreaking. It's not Olympic worthy. It's not, you know, competition worthy. It's just a basic strength thing. And, you know, yeah, that's why I don't really rate a lot of people when it comes to fitness. And it takes a lot for me to go, hold on, mate, you're fucking sick. And probably that's another one of my pet peeves is like, all you ever hear in the fitness industry. And I know we should get behind each other. And I know we should back each other up. And it's good to boost each other's confidence. But people throw around the word beast like it's going out of fucking... Oh, he's a beast. It's like, what makes him a beast? Tell me. Tell me through what makes this bloke a beast. Because he's better than that yeah. person. That's oh, why. because he did he did grace sub five minutes. Well, so can half the fucking world. Just because he did it in your box doesn't mean he's a beast. Ah, oh, this is the this is a big one. Ah, oh, five left sessions today. So what? He's going to run himself into the ground next week. Doesn't make him a beast. I could do five sessions today. It's not productive. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Sorry, I've gone off a bit of tension there, but. No, I get what you mean. I, I like I like it because um, as you see, when you when you if we go back to what you said about surrounding yourself with the obviously people like you are the average of what you surround yourself with because you by the sounds of your you've obviously got very high standards for who you surround yourself with who you who you look up to and I think this is where they say um, like when you're if you're trained to be competitive if you're the best in your box for example you need to yeah be, you need to be in a new box because because you need you. People, some people like the comfort of being the best. They, 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 and they think, oh, everyone's calling me a beast. Everyone's looking at me like I'm a god. But as you said, if they're already doing like these mediocre lifts, which I mean, might be impressive to people in their box, but if you look at the bigger scale, and if you like remove the blinkers and be like, okay, there's actually people doing this, and yeah, you need to, you need to move on. I suppose if you, if you're living by these high standards, and yeah, you, it does open your yeah, eyes a little bit, doesn't it? it to- Just say my name next time, Jesus. That's <laughs> me deadlifting sixty kilo at a commercial gym. <laughs> like stand back everyone yeah, yeah. Please, uh, with my oh with my knee wraps and my belt and my wrist wraps yeah. and my, my... caught a squatting 100 kilos stand back boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ring a bell now um, and then like but there was just examples of it in all walks of my life so like even so when I went to uni and I got picked for that team to play outside of uni on Saturday I thought I was good because I was playing with uni boys and I was like this is doddle and then I'll never forget my mind was blown. So I had a mate, Keen. He's a very good friend of mine. He lives in South Africa now. Unfortunately, I had to stop playing rugby because he's fucking horrible story. Anyway, um, but you know that that saying, could he do it on a rainy day in Stoke? Yeah. This kid, we were on Anglesey, which is the island. We were playing against Klangevny, which is where um, George North started his career. 
and it was a cup game. It was midweek. It was dark. It was wet. It was windy. It was horrendous. I didn't even want to be on the pitch. And Keane, I thought I was good at rugby. I had a shocking game. I think I knocked it on twice, got the ball three times in total, didn't really add anything. I felt like I'd done a job just standing out there for that long. He caught the ball 55 metres out and slotted the dirtiest drop goal in the world. Like mud up to like your ankles, wind pissing it down, horrible away crowd, and he slotted it like it was nothing. And I was like, right, this is good because I'm now around this. This is what I can aspire to be. But yeah, I just feel like in PTing, it's a very, and fitness in general, it's a very easy thing to like get complacent because people just suck yeah. up your ego as much as they can, essentially. This is, for, like, for me, this is completely, some people are pretty to think what the fuck's doing. This is why I like to try different things. For example, like yesterday, I went and played cricket with some of the lads I work with. And I, I, I like cricket, I like watching it, but I never really played it. And then I'm quite, in my environment, I'm good at CrossFit. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm good at CrossFit in general. If we look at them high stands, but in my in my environment, I'm probably one of the best in my environment at CrossFit. But however, when I oh, went to play CrossFit with blokes who are, who are like obviously play cricket, I'm then like bottom of the pile. I'm no longer yeah. this fucking alpha in my no, environment. Yeah. It was good. I like I liked it because I was like, okay, so I'm actually learning new things. I'm actually I'm actually out of my comfort zone a little bit more. I'm, I'm actually. It's like not- Phil, can you see the ball, mate? Yeah, can you see? It's like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> just, I was doing a couple of great little sweeps at the end there. I was, I was doing some good shots, but no, it was, um, it was, it was just. I like as as you were saying, it's good to move around. Sorry, okay, continue. All I was going to basically say was, in in the world of fitness and sport, I think the worst thing you could do is be static. Yeah. you need to be dynamic in everything you do. If you want to be any, if you want to progress, if you know, if you really want to get the most out of it, you need to be, you need to be dynamic. No, hundred percent. And if you really want to be humbled, try and play fucking golf. <laughs> that's not like the go-to at the moment I've noticed everyone at my you fucking know what I was just golf. about to say that everyone that I kind of yeah. follow on Everyone's social media golf. is all going for I'm seeing like powerlifters that pull massive numbers big amounts of plates and now they're talking about their golf swing like what the fuck is going on with golf so I kept getting invited to go to play and I kept having to say no because I'd never fucking played in my life I was like I'm not going to start now I'll start when I'm 50 and then I was like hold on a minute I'm getting too many invites and I can't keep saying no and it looks quite fun Picked up a pair of golf clubs, uh, a set of golf clubs even, headed to the driving range, got myself a lesson. Old bloke comes in, tells me exactly what to do. Hit about fucking 10 balls in half an hour. Felt really bad. <laughs> and then decided to go and play around with my mates. And you know what? I, I got around the course. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I got around the course. And I've gone twice since. And it's not played out as well as I, I like to. But yeah, it's that thing's like, oh, I'm sick at fucking sport this would be a doddle. And then you just realise some 90-year-old bloke on the fairway behind you is going to clear your head off with his driver and you're sat there with a seven iron struggling to hit the bloody thing. Like, I've just said loads of golf terms because I'm now fully golf. Um, (laughs) He's trying to just hit the bloody thing and you look like an absolute idiot and this guy's just walked up to it, smashed it like 300 yards, not even sweating and you're there just taking chunks out of the grass because you're useless. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good game to like sort of I mean, at the end of the day, we're only good at what we're good at. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, I my my five year old beat me at crazy golf <laughs> finally. But if it if it came to like deadlift, you, you know, I'll wreck sit it. Him down. <laughs> I would, I would. You know, he might have me on crazy golf, but uh, you know, when it comes to other things, you know, like. 
being tall and nimmed in. I've got that in the bag for now. <laughs> I've got that in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rufus Sometimes Kirk. it is nice to put yourself against a weaker crowd. Yeah, it is, you know. <laughs> and I do remind him of who's boss. Sometimes. Well, do you know what? Actually, it's really bad because so- Sophie, so Sophie's my other half. Um, other half, but who the fuck am I? She's my girlfriend. <laughs> she gets annoyed because she does she's a triathlete and she's mad at triathlon and she's good at all that sort of long-winded crap that I hate um, and because of her I've signed up to the London triathlon which is going to ruin me but like something new <laughs> something to try something to see what happens yeah um, absolutely but she's started lifting now because obviously as I do that she wants to get stronger and she keeps texting me being like I've got a PB today and I'm just like yeah and she's like no that's really good for me isn't it like why aren't you more supportive and I'm like sorry it's just to me it's yeah it's good for you I'm glad that you're growing but like text me when it's W body weight babe <laughs> really savage but that's very humbling <laughs> very humbling but that's my attitude towards it and it's just like her whenever I'm on a bike and I'm like oh I hit this many watts and she's like so what and I'm like alright sorry speak to me when you break the sound barrier yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> she's like yeah but how fast can you do a hill climb and I'm just like who cares it's a bloody hill why are you going up <laughs> so yeah but um, anyway, so yeah, that's that's just how me up until now, and now I'm a PT, and I'm loving life. Life's a lot nicer, and um, yeah, good time. Cheers, cheers for sharing that, Ben. That was um, definitely uh, it was good to listen to because obviously we don't obviously us three we don't know. Mm. I mean, obviously I know Tom, but I don't know you personally, Ben. So it was interesting no, yeah. to hear like your story without any sort of yeah. background information. It was actually quite interesting. Bill knows how shit I am at things. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to hear someone else for change. Ben, you mentioned a couple of times, you did mention obviously you worked in the city and that brings me on to my next point, which is about wit. Yeah. Okay, which is obviously people might know, if you, if you are into CrossFit, you'll know they've just signed a deal with uh, CrossFit. With me, with yeah, they've big, signed uh, a deal with me. Oh. Yeah, with just just with you, just you, you actually are wit. <laughs> um, but they're a big they're a big company, but they also have a gym in the uh, city of London um, and I know you've been involved in there a few times. Uh, was that, was that, did you say you work there as well for a bit? No, 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 just, no, no, um, no, no, no. Just as a member. I was a member. So what happened was, I started CrossFit at a CrossFit gym that I won't mention because I'm about to be rude about them. I started CrossFit at a gym where there was great coaches. There was a couple of great coaches who I loved, some of whom are at WIT now, just saying. Okay. Um, and others who have their own gyms now, which I'm really happy for and I love them. Um, but it was a small box. You couldn't do much gymnastics work. The average level was poor. And... The programming, as little as I knew about CrossFit programming, wasn't great. Mm. And it was almost the same price as WIT. So I was like, you know what, good, good job. And I'm in the city, I'm around the corner from the bloody place. Who cares? I'll spend an an extra X amount a month on the gym. At that point, it was an extra 50 quid a month. I think I was paying 160 to be here, and it was 210 to be a member at WIT, which is bloody expensive, but we're in London, and CrossFit in London is bloody expensive. You're not getting an open gym membership in London for less than 125 a month. And that's open gym. So again, it was just like, I'm not getting better. I'm getting stronger, but I was always going to get stronger. I'm a big lad. I've stopped playing rugby. I eat the same amount and I just lift. And no one's really encouraging me to do any skills. No one's really pushing me to do anything crazy. You know, the program's quite boring and 
it's just half an hour of this and then half an hour of sweat and then bugger off home and do what you want. Um, so I was like, you know what? I need to be in a place where it's better. And it was fucking intimidating. I won't lie. When I first started thinking about going to quit, I was like, I'm going to turn up there and people are going to laugh at me because I'm shit and it's going to be a very humbling experience. But I bit the bullet and, I went. and straight in, everyone was lovely. The level, yes, it was so much higher. But it wasn't unattainable. The blocks were there. Yeah, I had to kick my ego in the teeth a couple of times. So first time I went to a conditioning class, it was like an EMOM work. And this is how far I've come now. Like, So EMOM, it was like something stupid, like 15 cal on the air bike and then max body weight squats in the next minute and then back forth, like whatever, however many times. I was like, right, I'm big. Assault bike, 15 cows, 20 seconds. Blown out my ass after fucking round one, dying. Couldn't get back on the bike. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. And then, but slowly and surely, you know, it got there and I was like, okay, so actually maybe it's not about smashing it on the bike. Maybe it's about turning it down. Maybe it's, maybe it's about pacing yourself a bit more. Maybe it's about actually working on your fitness rather than just trying to smash everything and die in the first three minutes. You know, you can do that on certain workouts, but you shouldn't do that across the board. And, um, it just brought me back down and like, honestly, I know it sounds cliche, but Gus, He's one of the nicest blokes I've ever met. Um, I've seen him on Instagram. He's a he's a he's a top guy. Uh, what's what's his uh, what's his Instagram? Oh, fuck no, he changes it all the time. Monster. Um, well, yeah. Monster <laughs> or something. Um, that's a that's a humbling experience when Gus walks up to you for the first time and calls you monster, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a monster. And then you realise he calls everyone monster. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not special. Um, but yeah, so from there, it just like it helped. And then, so my two coaches now today, I met at WIT. So Jordan Shelley, he's one of the coaches at WIT. He's bloody amazing. Um, and Brad, BW Commando. Uh, they work as a pair under Beyond Programming. But I became quite close friends with them. And then like we did it. So I got pushed to do my first competition again at WIT. And, you know, I when I became a member, Sam was still very junior. Like Sam Cornforth and Will, they were all quite quite new to all because Wit was quite we'll come on this, to Sam. yeah we'll come on to Wit was all quite a fresh business though I think it'd been open for a year when I joined and we all started training together and we did a few comps together and I just felt like I was part of something you know Dan oh Dan we've got a competition this weekend we're going as team Wit I don't know we used to come up with all sorts of crap um, puns using the word Wit like you know as you do with a, with a CrossFit team there our oh, boys help yourselves to t-shirts you know, for the comp, go and grab a couple new ones. I, when we went to strength and depth pairs, we went as fucking 50 man strong team. You know, everyone was in pairs, but we all went together. Again, Dan turns up, just hands out everyone. I made me do it top. Um, went for dinner, uh, staff party, got a bit loose, not staff party, like the wit party, got a bit loose. Like everyone, it was really, really good community really good and you don't think it at first because you're like oh Wit's this big name and it's big brand and whatever it can't be mm. but actually I've I've had some very good nights out with all those blokes and you know like this is going to sound cringe as hell but uh, when Fraser Knox first moved over we started we we started talking and he'd train at the same time on Friday 5pm and we ended up going to five aside with a bunch of the Wit boys and it just so happened like the next week Elliot Simmons was in town and then next thing you know I'm sitting at 
dinner in Honest Burger in St Paul's with Elliot Simmons and a few of the Whip Boys. And it's just like, it opens up some things that you just never thought would happen. And as a, to be so immersed in a sport and then just to be extra immersed in it because you're, you're part of something that's so big in a sport, it just, it's just unreal. And having been there for so long, like I find it really hard, like not being there as often. How long were you there for? Um, I think I was a full member for almost two years. And then I was a open gym member when I became a PT. And then now I still try and do drop-ins there when I can. Nice, yeah. Um, kind of just that experience sounds like it, because I think now, isn't it like £250 a month or something? But I feel like that experience is almost, obviously not everyone's going to afford that. Best decision that I ever made in But that experience like it seems very justifiable because I've been to a few boxes before um and that environment and I've, I've walked past what I've never been into it but I've walked past it a few times when I've been in the city and yeah I get what you they mean that you that, in there mate yeah, they, they, they won't <laughs> let me in they'll be like fuck it this guy I've heard he's back off your face on it saying yeah. no yeah, fucking get out. But no, I'd love to. I'd love to just go in there just because everything I've seen online, it does look awesome. And that, I mean, you have got people like Gus who's at the front of the centre, and he just seems like a lovely guy. Um, you know, and, and as you said, you you almost felt like you're intimidated before you went in there. I did. I did. Honestly, I was like, I'm going to turn up, and all these blokes are going to be sick at CrossFit, and they're going to be like, who's this kid? Just turned up, useless, fat. You know. Um, but it sounds like it was a complete opposite. Like, yeah. Just, but like, I, instead, they were just like, no, stop doing it like that. Do it like this. You know, don't think about it like that. Think about it like this. And then, but also they all became, well, they might disagree, but like everyone became friends. Like I'm still on a group with half the boys. And, you know, Gus last, I walked in last week and I saw Gus. And to people like that, when you see them so much on Instagram and stuff, you're like, they don't remember me as a person. Even though I know I've been on nights out with him and I've, I talk to him all the time and I text him. And I know he's reposted my stuff and, you know, but at the same time, you kind of put them on this pedestal, pedestal. And then I walked in last week and, he hadn't seen me in like six months before last lockdown. And he was like, where the fuck have you been? I was asking Jordan about you the other day. Like, have you moved away? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I've moved to Surrey. And he was like, how come? And I was like, well, me and my girlfriend are setting up a business. And he was like, oh, so she moved you out there. So girls couldn't text you anymore. And I was like, you know, just that banter that you, you didn't, you wouldn't expect to have with someone like that, but you do. And Dan, Dan and Sam, great, like, as owners, unbelievable. I'm setting up my own business. Texted Dan, big man, I need help doing this. What should I do? Um, I'll make half an hour in my diary for you. This, one, this, one of the CEOs of WIT, one of the owners of WIT to turn around to just a member who wants to know about setting up a business to just turn and it's a big. This is a big company as well. Yeah, it's not they're, like not, they're not small. Operation. Exactly. No, like huge. when I was broking, do you think I... I was working for the company. I don't think I could ever turn around to my CEO and be like, hey, mate, do you mind me grabbing you for five minutes on this thing I'm thinking about? Mm. Whereas he runs a company. He's got no no reason. I'm not a member there anymore. He had no reason to, but I was like, Dan, please, can you help me on this? Yes, of course, mate. Love it. That, that, that's the true, because we always talk about CrossFit as one of the biggest benefits, that community vibe and aspect. And that, that seems like one of those places where you might not expect it on the forefront because of how much of a name it is and how big it is and how many athletes you someone's going. I mean, they've always had visits. They've had Fraser there. They've had Toomey there, all these massive. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, they are just a very good box at the core. But they, they these really bells are. Because of how big they are. But if you go to the, as that, if you go to at its core, it, I mean, it is just a very good CrossFit box. It's very good. The and principles. the way, the way they've sort of the, the thought, the whole ethos of everyone there is just, 
quite bang on. Like everyone, I think they've got a good divide between work and play. Yeah, they've got a good boundary or no, not boundary between their clients. I think they know how involved they need to be and how involved they don't need to be. And I think that what they've built is fucking silly. And obviously it shows like, you know, we don't need to, to, you don't need to analyze it in depth because it's just out there. You can see it with your own eyes everywhere you look basically. But yeah, so that was, that was my experience with wit. As I say, as a CrossFitter, probably best decision I've ever made. Um, friends for life, a coach and the best, like one of my best mates, like, um, out of Jordan and Brad. And you know, who's, who better to tell you what programming you need to do than two boys that saw you come from a bloke who can do a Makes sense, doesn't it? It makes, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no brainer really. And yeah, if you can get down there, fucking get down there. If you can get involved with it, get involved with it because. What's the, uh, what's the dropping price? Like a grand or something, is it? For you, Bill. <laughs> For me, is it? Yeah, so 750 on a good day, I think if it's off. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's 12 pounds 50 actually, very reasonable. How much, sorry? 12.50. That's all right, actually. That's pretty standard, isn't it? They did re- They did a really good, good gesture. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on here, but they did a really good gesture. And for all of us who were PTs over lockdown, who could no longer, for instance, myself, they, I didn't pay membership for Open Gym for the, the bits between lockdown. Well, they gave that's a good. Bit it's pro a membership as cut. Yeah, as a supportive thing to do to the fitness industry, they're like, if you're a fit, yeah. So if you're a fitness professional, you can train here for free. Oh, that's awesome. Bring clients here for free, but you can come here and you can do your workout. Good. That's what we want to see in the day. And you know, that's again small things that you can do to make big differences. And okay, yes, they have the ability because they make so much money on their shop and they do this and they do that. They didn't have to at the end of the day. But they didn't have to. <laughs> they could have turned around and gone, we're a premium location. You need to pay a premium price to come here. But they didn't. They said, you know what? We're in a shitter. You're in a shitter. Let's make it slightly nicer. I mean, during lockdown as well, there have been a lot of more barriers to health and fitness, you know. And uh, if anything, they could have actually technically hiked the price up. I mean, yeah, we've seen exactly. a lot of price scalping in regards to equipment, particularly CrossFit equipment as well. Yeah. You know, well, they so, left all their stuff out, so. Yeah. I mean, to see that is just, yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Good community spirit, that. So moving on, speaking of wit even more, we're going to move on to someone we've mentioned a couple of times now. So, Ben, you obviously know Sam, Sam uh, Cornforth. I think I've said his name right. I don't know. We'll find out. He's taken the internet by storm a bit. The corn dog, is that you call him, is it? Yeah. He's, he's been quite uh, big on Instagram. I've showed you some of his videos, Tom. Do you know the guy the Tash? I do know, mate. He's fucking, he reminds you like a young John Cleese. He'd, oh, my, wow, that's the... I've heard that, yeah, yes. that's who he reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. The voice, the tash, everything. He's doing quite well on Instagram recently of his videos, and I've actually offered him to come on the. I've offered him to come on the podcast, but we'll see where that goes. He did reply to me, but he's very busy, isn't he? With all his, uh, with all his being busy, all of his being busy. No, but what I want to know from <laughs> you, Ben, is we all see him as this funny guy on on the internet. Is he is he as funny in real life, or is he just a very good actor when it comes to making these videos? His chat is atrocious and his hairline's even fucking worse. <laughs> Just foaming the fire. There you go. No, I'm joking. <laughs> right under the I'm bus. I'm joking. So I told the boys I was coming on here tonight and someone said, I said, I've got a little question about Sam Cornforth and the boys said, odds on you saying this. And I said, fucking hell, of course I'll say it. Um, no, he is hilarious. Like before he, he wasn't really concerned about doing this sort of stuff. I think lockdown kind it's of- recent, isn't it? It's very recent. I remember his old content. It was nothing like this. No, exactly. But he was, 
he was always funny, um, but he'd always be more funny behind the scenes. Like I say, we're on a group, like we've got a chat where there's a few of us from there and mm. he'd always come up with funny stuff. And I think we always used to egg him on, like, please say it openly, please say it openly. And you know, Voldemort. Voldemort? Voldemort. Have you never seen it? You're a <laughs> no. and you've never seen it? No. Oh, hang your head in shame. So there's a there's a page on CrossFit uh, on Instagram called Voldemem or Voldemem, whatever. I don't know how you pronounce meme, mem. Yep, found it. Yeah. And he does CrossFit memes, mems, but he's anonymous. I think a few people, I think we all know who he is roughly, but he's on his page and he basically rips into everyone CrossFit. Like, there's a mention of Gus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of his first posts that riled up a lot of people that I found hilarious was about Hustle Made. Oh, okay. Talk to me. I know who Hustle Made are. Yeah, so there's a meme and it's like, it's got a picture of a blue whale and it's like a fact one. And it's like, this is the blue whale. The blue whale has a vagina spanning uh, like 12 meters or something. Um, the largest vaginas known to man apart from those who pay for and wear hustle made oh, ruthless. That's ruthless. That's, that was one of his opening ones that's that was one of his opening like imagine that's he's come he's come back he's come, he's to, he's come to play he's come to fucking yeah and anyone who's ever doped anyone's who's ever been caught doping any company that's acted untowardly um and then sometimes just for fun, like he does, he does, he does a funny one for wit where it's like two wrestlers, one's really big and the other guy's really small and he's stuck in the corner of the ring. And it's like, he's written on the, the smaller guy's face, every crossfitter in the world. And on the big guy's bum, he's written wits, um, wits yearly sale or something. Mm. And oh, it's like the wrath of wits yearly sale. <laughs> and then the guy just puts his bum in this guy's face and just like shakes it. <laughs> it's quite good. good but there's a lot of sort of indirects there's a lot of sort of direct and there's a lot of sort of stuff like that hustle made one that I don't think Team Richie took that very well I think it got reported a few times um, and there was a lot of controversy over it but that's what the page is and when that was first coming out Sam was like I should do something like this because we were all like you should do something like this because your, your, your jokes are similar um, and eventually he just did it and it's spoken for itself again they are like, fantastic they're absolutely brilliant aren't they yeah He's a he's a funny man, and he is genuinely that funny. And I think he was trained as an actor before he decided to become unbelievably good at customer service. Yeah, is that what he does? <laughs> he's not even a PT, is he? No. So he joined as like junior customer service rep. Yeah, because he 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 actually replied to one. Of, so I had some knee sleeves from him before, and yeah, I I got like the wrong. I gave me smalls, and obviously I'm not like a very small guy, so I was like, I'm not getting these fuckers. Yeah. So I, I emailed in to say, right, can you send me some larges out? And it was him who dealt with me. And I was like. I looked at the email name and I was like, what the f-? It just felt so weird. Yeah, yeah. So he, it was so strange. I was like, what? <laughs> it's it's very strange. Well, I used to text him. Oh, really? I used to text him off my Metcons and be like, mate, my Metcons have come undone. I've only had them for two weeks. And he'd be like, I'm in, change them. Yeah. Uh, same with Will Griffiths. But yeah, so basically he went in in this super junior role, but he owned it and he did really well at it. And his custom service, like, if you look at all the WIP reviews, they're all just like, Sam was really helpful. Sam was this, Sam was that. And He's he's owned the role and he's obviously grown with the business and now he's a bit more senior. He's got a bit more time on his hands. He's started to be a bit of a dick. So everyone's happy. The thing is, I can't just imagine him seriously replying to an email. Like, I have to imagine it's some kind of skit. 
I just can't imagine it from the videos I've seen. Yeah. No, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's he's a funny, funny boy. Tom, Tom, I might have to change the name of the series, mate. It's called Chat with PTs, but he's not over the PT, so it's just like <laughs> customer service, bro. <laughs> Chatting with customer service. Yeah, um, I'm sure he could wrangle some. He's quite a good athlete. He is. Obviously, he's a very good athlete, actually. Yeah, from what I've seen, anyway. So, I mean, you could whack him in as an athlete. I'm sure you'd yeah. be fine. I'm surprised he's got. He's obviously he's he's got a lot. I mean, he's obviously quite busy with his job and uh, the videos he does. Yeah, but he gets the trainer wit when he. Walks. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, he's obviously using that. That's my excuse because he's. We started at CrossFit at the same time. He's unbelievably better at it than me. Really, and uh, my excuse is like. Yeah, but he used to get to train there twice a day, and I didn't. That is some. That I mean, is he is he, is he still there? Is he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what his training schedule was like because he used to come in at five when I would finish work and do one session with me. And like some nights there'd be like back to back, so there'd be like a metcon session and there'd be like a weightlifting. We do them both. But I think now he's on. I think he's on JST. So I think he does like maybe a, a conditioning session, but I think he goes in a bit later or into open gym and just does his own thing. Um, but he's worked really hard. Like he's, I, I remember I used to see him in the corner doing his mobility, trying to pretend that he doesn't, um, doing little 10 minute extras after class, like little extra bits of work. So yeah, he's, he's, he's done well and he's fucking good athlete. Cheers up, Ben. I mean, well, at that point, Sam, if you are listening, Sam, we don't need you on the episode anymore. Ben's basically just told us about you. So, um, yeah, exactly. I'll tell them everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, We'll move on, Ben. So, I appreciate He's also a massive wanker. He's also what? A massive wanker. <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? He's good on a night out as well. He's good value. He's good value. Well, that, well, that's Tash. Fucking hell, yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. Let's let's move forward a bit, Ben. So, obviously, you now, you've already alluded to you've moved to Surrey. Um, I've seen what you've kind of been going for. The Is it stable? Is that what you've launched? Yeah. So, do you want to talk, talk us through what's going, going on with that? It's obviously quite a big thing, isn't it? Well, do you really want to open this can of worms? Um, so moved to Surrey, uh, lockdown number two, November. I was up in London. So what happened was I moved into this really fucking nice house. And when I say really nice, I mean like, um, with two other boys and it was an absolute pad and it had a PT studio in the basement and it was fine. As long as I could PT there, I could afford to rent it. But lockdown happened and they were like well you can't really have people over to pt so and according to government guidelines you're not insured if you pt on private land during lockdown did you know, I don't know if you know that but i've got i've got to go check my insurance i went and i was on the phone for them for a good while going i'm on 54 acres of private land what's the difference between this and the park and they were going, yeah, but you're not covered, it's private land. So what happened was, yeah, I decided to move down to Surrey with Soph and her dad and stepmom, whose farm it is. And while we were there, I was just like, yeah, there's a big barn that's not doing much, mate. And she was like, yeah, my dad keeps saying I should do something with it. And I was like, well, why the bloody hell don't you? She's like, I'm too scared. So I was like, well, don't be, we'll do it. I'll help you. And she was like, no, if we do it, we do it together. And it's very cute and romantic. And then we kissed and cuddled and had champagne looking at fireworks. And 
<laughs> Long story short, we basically decided to go into business. And I was like, right, so we need to get, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it properly. So it's an agricultural barn. So we had to apply for planning permission, which after six months, they still haven't granted us or denied. So still waiting for that. But in the meantime, we were like, you know what? We've got space. We can do PT. We bought all the equipment. Um, so we've got all the ergs, we've got all the barbells and dumbbells and whatever. So we did, we carried on doing our online sessions. Then when things started to open up, we started offering out PT. So one-on-ones and outdoor group classes on, on the field. And it's been going pretty well. So essentially what we're waiting for is the council to say, yes, you can do it or no, you can't do it. And we can basically go into it full time. So I'm actually up in London at the moment because I work three days a week in London and it's quite a long, long journey to go back and forth working early mornings and late nights here. So I just come and stay at mum's house uh, for like a night or so here and there just to make sure I can work because I get quite decent money for the, the job I do here and my sessions in London. So we're building up our PT base out there because worse comes to worse, we don't need the planning to be able to PT. And we can build up a one-on-one business because we can do that in a private studio. No one gives a shit. But the plan was to turn two-thirds of this barn, which is about 22,000 foot, um, into a CrossFit-esque functional fitness space. Mm. Um, so the plans are all there. The drawings are all there. Um, I'll show you if I could. don't know where they are. Um, big rig in the corner just for me because no one else is going to be allowed to use it. Um Sleds, rope climbs, bit of a farm, bit of a farm fitness vibe, but not farm fitness. Bringing our own sort of vibe to it, um, and yeah, just building up a business out there because I've lived in London all my life. I'm 27 now, and I loved growing up in London, and it was a great experience. It was very unique. I don't think a lot of people can say that. But, and this is where I'm going to sound like an old man, if I have a family, I want to have a garden. I want to have the local rugby club where my kids will play rugby. I want to have the school friends that are going to be their friends forever. I've got a very disjointed group of friends. Like I've got a few friends here, a few yeah. friends there, a few friends Yeah, whereas a lot of people who grew up in the country, like they're just a big group of friends who grew up together and did everything together and, you know, friends for life. And I want to have a dog. I mean, we've got dogs everywhere coming out of my ears and horses and whatever but I want to have that kind of a life and I want to be able to be around the greenery and I think lockdown kind of brought into my mind how important it is to be able to be outside yeah how important it is to have space like you could be in the time like we're not in the biggest space right now because we're in an outbuilding on the farm we're not living with her parents in the main bit we're on an outbuilding and as small as it is, because we're sorting out how, because this is the other thing, like while we're waiting for the gym, we can't commit to a house because we don't know where we're going to need to live, et cetera, et cetera. But we finally decided to commit to one. So it's all going through and hopefully touch wood, it will be sorted next month. Um, but having the outdoor space and just being around trees and grass and animals and nature just really makes life so much nicer when you can wake up and look at like, I don't know if you've seen the view from our hill, you probably have, I always put it on my story, but we've got a hill with a nice big old tree in the middle and you can see across hills for miles. And it's when it's lovely, it's possibly one of the nicest views. And when it's no clouds and stuff at night and you can see all the stars, 
it's just nice. And that's what I want. Yeah. We want to build up PT there and eventually have enough to be able to, for me to stop working in London. Although I do want to keep a hand in London because again, I like being around wit. I like being, I feel like being in the fitness industry in London, you've got your fingers on the pulse of the industry. You know what the next move is. You know what people are going to do next. And you can sort of pivot to that in your own business. You know, this is going to be the next big thing. This is what people are doing now. This is what studios look like now. These are the little things that people are doing for their customers. So from a business perspective as well, I just want to keep a hand in London. But also I don't want to lose touch with all my friends in London that I work with, train with, etc. So commute's only 22 minutes. That's not too bad at all, is it? So unbelievable. And it's a bike either end, five five minute bike either end. So bad at all, yeah. Not bad. And like I said, mum's still here, so I've still got a base if I need it. Um, but we're going to set up out there. And yeah, the goal is to have this big functional fitness space where we run classes and do PT and live the life of gym owners and hopefully make loads of cash dollar money and sack everyone off, tell them to drink fit tea and piss off on holiday. Um, no, i <laughs> Build up good good community vibes and, and just have a gym that, you know, is essentially the same vibes that you get from places like Wit and Core Collective where I work now, where people literally, Core Collective, some of the people don't leave all day. I'm like, you lot not have jobs. They're in the morning class, the evening class. They just hang around in between having coffees. And I want that for myself somewhere. And this is why when everyone was saying, oh, if you're at home, why are you not? What, what, just, just try, we've got you've got space in your home to do some squats do some burpees at home it's like well for some people that environment is so important for that how they like you said the people just stick around because it's a part of their social life it's part yeah. of that's what motivates them to train to even bother training because it's that that environment um, and I think if you're creating something I can imagine with a barn as well when I think of a barn I just think of straight away I think of videos of Rich Frodin in his barn doing a slide down to his lake with some flipping slip and side oh exactly of, and that's all I think did you of you see my picture the other day I'm sure you did budgie smugglers What's that? Budgie smoke. I did see that. I did see that. I'll get that for Tom. I'll get that for Tom. I, I was sat on the hill on my, on my uh, what's it called? I was sat on the hill in my paddling pool, in my budgies. As you do. Not a person in sight, enjoying life. There you go. Get eyes on that. Is it focused then? That, that is living the dream, isn't it? So we can get, there we go. We're in. Oh, here we there go. we go. That is living the dream. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Good. Why would you come back and stand in fucking Regent's Park when you could stand out there? So yeah, that's that's ideally what I want to create and build and have. And again, that's another reason why I don't think I'll ever go pro because I I want to build my life. You've got you've got to make that decision, haven't you? Quite it's 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 not it's not something you could like that if you want to compete at that highest level. It's not something you can dabble in. You have no. to make that decision. And um, for you, if you want to build this family life in Surrey, in a very nice place, very expensive place, you know, like it, you have to think right. I've got to dedicate myself to this business to grow. Or or you go for broke and go athlete and hope that it pays off. But that's, I mean, in this, if I be honest, like when you look at things like Cross, for example, which you're in, it seems to be very much of if you haven't started at that younger age and you're coming through, you're going to struggle because a lot but, of these people but, break and the money's not very, there. They might, yeah, you're right. It's, unless you, unless you surround yourself, like if you look at people like Hayley Adams, they they're surrounded by top like Rich Fronin. They've already got that support network. You've got yeah. uh, Justin Marados, uh, he's surrounded by Matt Fraser. If you haven't got that big support network, and no one's going to know who you are, you could be no. a really fit youngster, but no one's going to know who you are. You're not going to get the sponsorships. You're not going to get that. if you're not if you're not winning, you're not going to get paid. No, um, and people are coming in from such a young age now. Like before, it was a lot of people who are from another sport, and you're all kind of on that same playing field. But now it's like people who've done CrossFit since they were 16. 
and people who are competing from that young age. And it's the same with rugby. Like the level I was playing at, if you're a footballer, that's a couple grand a week. We were getting peanuts. Like apps, like we used to get 50 quid expenses and that's like national leagues. And that's why you've got to be realistic, haven't you? Because for you, you would have loved to have kept doing that. You enjoyed it. It was a passion thing. But you, when you look, when you go come down to you, you go, was this going to pay the bills? Is this going to allow me to live the life I want to live? It's not. And you've got to be realistic sometimes and just be like, okay, I've got to do some shit things now to get where I want to be and then I'll get there. Um, and that, that's just life, isn't it, really? And building a career means that, you know, if I want to go to, you know, if I want to go skiing in February and sit on top of a mountain and have a few drinks with my mates in a really nice chalet like I used to every year when I was in the city, I need to build the business. I need to build a life. I need to build something that's going to sustain that kind of living because, and that's the other thing, Sophie was saying it to me yesterday, I love chocolate Biscoff cheesecake from Waitrose. I'm sorry, I love them. They're 500 calories a slice. I don't care. I want one every night because it's life. I enjoy it. I want to live it. I'm going to eat it. I might not have an eight pack every day, but that's fine because at the end of the day, I think enjoying your life is a big part of life. And it's probably why I'm so anti all this lockdown because I just don't understand people who are like, yeah, but it's fine. We need to be in lockdown. It's like, it's not fine. We don't need to be in lockdown. We shouldn't be in lockdown. And as a human, if you think sitting in a house is all you want to get out of the world, why are you, like, is that really where it ends for you? Like, there's so much out there for you to do and enjoy and take in and experience. The four walls of your house is not where you're meant to be. Comes back to being static, what I said earlier about the fitness industry. It's the same in life, I suppose, isn't it? If you remain static, you're not really getting the potential no. of what life can be. If You need to be dynamic. You need to be, you know readily available to just go yeah just go, you need go to be... say yes to things yeah you, know, you need to go out and enjoy it i'm sorry but like one day it was um proper heavy snow on the farm in december no in january when we were still in lockdown and we had clients all morning online and then i was meant to do a really big training piece and soph was meant to do a really long like erg cycle for her triathlon stuff and we woke up, we did our classes and it was 10 a.m. and it was snowing and it was white and it was beautiful. And we had, uh, we'd ordered this cheese and wine tasting thing online. And we had loads of like little bits and bobs. And we both looked at each other at 10 a.m. and we just went, sack it all off. And I was like, absolutely. Break out the cheese. I'll be on the, ter- on the, we've got like this, um, little raised platform, which is just wood. I was like, I'll be up there cleaning the snow of it. You bring all the snacks out. And we sat there all afternoon, speaker on, watching the, the snow. We ended up sledding down the hill and just pissed around because life's too short to do a four-hour cycle on a day like that. You know, live a little, enjoy it. It's not going to happen again. But if we move on to the sort of final part of the show now, um, this is where we come in with a few super there's questions. More. There's more, fucking hell. Joking. <laughs> Uh, we'll leave it there then, guys. Uh, I'll see you next time. So we've got these secret questions, Ben. Now, we normally just go rogue with these, I'll be honest. It's, sometimes we don't even know what they are until we actually say them. Um, you have okay. obviously no idea what these questions are, but I'll, I just want to brace you now. So take a deep breath. I'm going to hit you now with something that's quite controversial. Um, it gets people normally quite riled up. I'll, I'll, I'll try to, you know, I will put your Instagram in the show notes, but I can't 
promise you that you won't get hate for whatever you say to this one. Okay. Okay. So talk to me. Cereal, is it cold soup? No. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's a lazy man, a lazy man's biscuit and milk. Biscuit and milk? Yeah. <laughs> you, tell me you do that. Tell me you buy a bag of cookies and just dip it in milk and eat it. Oh, yeah, cookies and milk. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. It. It's a lazy man's version. You've just left it in there. You've got your... Pre-crumbled. It's a lot of effort to get the, the thing and dip it. I'm just going to put it all in there and crack on with a spoon. Nothing wrong with that. So you wouldn't call it a cold soup. You'd call it a you'd call it a biscuit. You'd call it a ready-made biscuit. It's almost like a ready meal for biscuits. A sweet broth. I've because never you, heard of it. Also, when you dip your biscuit in milk, right, you don't let it get soggy and let it drip to the bottom, do you? No, you don't. And it's the same with, with cereal. You need to eat it fast enough so it still has that little crunch. Mm. Whereas with a soup, you don't want to eat it too quickly. You'll burn your tongue. I scalded myself once when I had a dip to digestive and it went soggy too quick and it half fell. And because of the height, because of the weight of a digestive, a digestive's already like a heavy bomber of biscuits anyway. <laughs> heavy bomber. You know, well, you know what I mean? It's quite weighty anyway. And when this was like already wet and it fell and it fucking splashed all over my lap and yeah, nearly scalded myself. That's dark. There's a way you've got to hold it though, isn't it? Like if you're holding it from the side, then obviously it's going to fall. But if you hold it that way, then gravity's going to hold it in place. Yeah, there is a trick to it. If you, if you, um, I always find getting a mug that's just a little bit smaller than the diamond mm. helps as well. So it stops you going overboard. It stops you going too far in. Yeah. It's like a safety precaution. We are to have biscuit. I, I like. I like where this, this conversation's gone. I didn't expect it to go. When I mentioned the cereal thing, I didn't expect it to go into the sort of philosophy about biscuits and. Dunking techniques. And- I'm sorry, but biscuits and milk are a fundamental part of life. And anyone at any age who says that you shouldn't dunk something in milk slash tea needs to grow up. Because- Maryland cookie's good for that. Oh, yeah, that's like top tier. Same, I'll rank them in order. Oh, here we go. I like this. You've got your. I'm looking at my cookies for me. Tesco. Not a fan. Bakery, five in a bag. Not great. Then you've oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the pop- no, you bacon. know what I'm. You yellow. There we go. Then you've got your your waitros. They're all right. They're not too. They're a bit too posh. They're a bit too fancy. You know, they're not enough sugar. They're a bit too much. You know, oh these are these are good cookies. And then you've got Sainsbury's, but they're definitely not good for you. Um, and then taste wise, you cannot beat the five from M and S. Really cookies top top draw i think it's four in a bag actually because they're more they're posh as well but <laughs> in a bag m&s right i mean there's gonna be a lot of people out there who don't i mean when people think of m&s they don't think of doing their weekly shop there i would have thought so it's gonna i think a lot of people out there a lot of bad blood <laughs> from what from the caterpillar cake fiasco oh yeah a lot of bad blood a lot of bad blood there they've got to defend themselves they That'd have to right. i ain't seen that much like you know Division since like the troubles in Ireland, like I'm, I'm joking. It's always <laughs> been as violent as you, well. What is I don't it with you know. Your fascination with you. You, you kept comparing some of the Jerry Adams. I don't know. All. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> you were there. <laughs> yeah, let's not bring up Jerry Adams again. No, we we go twice a week. We go once just as a random random. So we walk into Guildford once a week just to get get the dog a bit of uh, a walk um, outside of the country. We take him in and we get a coffee and we walk back. So if we go then we we get a little little bag or well, I sneak cookies in the bag. And then um 
also Friday nights over lockdown, we would get M&S dine in for two on a Friday night as a little bit of a treat because the rest of the week you're having your, your, your standard food, you're having your fajita wraps, your curry that you make it. We used to make it with crap from scratch. And then uh, a few other options that we used to go through on a weekly basis. And then every Friday we'd go to M&S and we'd pick a new new little uh, dine-in for two. And dine-in for two from Sano is very good. You get two mains, two sides. Yeah. And a bottle of wine. You do, do you want to hear a funny story about this? Uh, so I've done that before. You know they did a Valentine special. So me and my, so me, this is for myself. So me and my partner, we moved house, right? Um, and we were getting letters from like the people who used to live there before, like letters to them. And we were like, okay, brilliant. This is going to happen for a little bit. And then we got a card from, like a card around Christmas. And we opened it and it was like saying to aunt and uncle, whatever. And we were like, okay, who the fuck is this? And they left like a, a fucking M&S voucher in there. And it was like 20 odd quid or something. I was like, I looked and I thought... I mean, what do I do with it? I mean, who's going to use this? And I thought, I'll leave it on the side for a bit. And then this Valentine's thing came out. I said, fuck it, let's use this. Let's just, let's just use this fucking gift card. So if they, if they don't know where their relatives have moved to, or their relatives have moved, they don't care that much. Yeah, they don't deserve it. So we fucking, yeah, we smashed it. It is quite good. It is pretty good, actually, with the old um, the old wine as well. But yeah, so I wouldn't call it a soup. Soup's hot, um, not cold. And they've normally got a lot of stuff in them that you wouldn't normally eat otherwise. I like it, yeah. I like your answer there, Ben. I'm happy with that. It's a very good. I, I, I feel like there's gonna. I don't think you're gonna get much hate for that. No, I, I don't think so. I'd like to see them fucking try. Do you know what I mean? Come <laughs> at me, come at me, bro. I mean, you, 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 in order to like get upset about that, you have to get upset about cookies slash biscuits in milk, and you just can't do that. Do you know what I mean? So that was a well, well thought out, politicised answer. Have you got one this week, Tom? Yeah, I do. It's more of a serious one, though, but it might be one that's going to be a bit of a hard one to answer and that is so in regards to the CrossFit world if there was one thing you had to bin out of CrossFit what would it be now this could be a particular set of equipment it could be a training system such we mentioned email earlier on or it could be a particular CrossFit based exercise obviously there's a bit of a crossover between any other form of exercise but the most CrossFit thing you could think of what would you have to bin or a person or a person CrossFit person why not call some Agro. There's two things I'd love to be in. Oh, okay. The first is from the games. I think cycle cross needs to fuck off. Because, simply, I like CrossFit when it's running. Gymnastics, weightlifting, swimming. I even quite enjoy the swimming element. But I think when you've got stuff like cycle cross, which is actually quite a technical, completely wild sport, compared to CrossFit. Like, I know CrossFit's meant to be diverse training and stuff, but it's like, where does it end? What are you going to do next year? Like, are you going to have to pole vault? <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah okay, okay. Don't give them ideas. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't give them ideas. Dave Castro might be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like cycle cross is sort of like a gateway to bullshit. Mm. So <laughs> I'd quite be happy to bin that. Do you know what I don't like about that as well, Ben? Um, if we talk about cyclocross and bikes in general, there was a few issues where people's bikes were just like wrapping in. And that just takes away the athlete. Because the athlete, what do they do? They've been training all year and they're now bottom because their fucking chain fell off. Like, what's that? It's, yeah, exactly. If it was just a it's cycling competition. Yeah, isn't that, it? If it was just a bike competition, that's fair enough because it's literally it's just that that's probably, they've probably got their own fucking bike. But when it's just a random, like, it's a fitness with loads of different aspects, it's not fair. Where does it Where does it end? And like, like you said, it's not their problem. and are we going to start doing archery yeah. or shooting 
or just things well, that are just wild. They did, sh- they did shoot, didn't they? The Rogue Invitational, remember? Did they? Yeah, they did. What the oh. fuck? <laughs> oh, they did the version that, you know, they do it in the like the Nordic ski cross. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the right. What is yeah. it? A biathlon, is it? Is that called a biathlon? Yeah, biathlon. Yeah. It's like ski like three laps you have to stop yeah. and shoot a little yeah they just skirked on and then afterwards yeah they had to get like get in the prone position and start firing off rounds down the range I was it's like, just going to be like a grenade toss <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> where does it end so yeah so the, I, I feel like cycle cross because it's a gateway drug to bad things and like the other one and this will probably receive a fair bit of hate I would put no ball shoes in the bin oh thank Ben open Hang the on. bin whoa whoa we need to <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will put them firmly in there. Love it. Continue. <laughs> yeah, I'll just open the lid and put them in. I'd never look back. And I'd hope the boom man's coming tomorrow to take them away. Tom, are you aware of the no-ball trainer? No. I'm gonna. I'm Googling it right now. You'd be surprised at the cost, mate. We had a mate called Craig who used to wear them, and I used to honestly be like, Craig, what are you doing? How do they justify these are the price? Like lifting shoes. Well, that's what I'm or... saying they look like they look like going out shoes. After the lot, like, these like, these look like these are like going out shoes. Yeah. You they're supposed said, to be like, they're supposed to be functional look... fitness trainers for like they're extortionate price as well. The trainer looking ones are not good for training in. No, don't look it. Trainers are not good for running in. Apparently, allegedly, allegedly. See, I've said you can't do me for slam. Allegedly, these these look like you would wear these with jeans and weather spoons. Yeah, in my opinion, the ones that have a flat sole are ugly, and then the high tops. Why are you training in a high top? Like, what? What's, who are you? But yeah, so anyway, those can go firmly in the bin. I love how close you got to the camera there, Ben. I could really sense the frustration you got. Really, you were like, <laughs> high tops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ve- I'm a big shoe sort of critic. Well, let's, like throw, let's throw one in, Ben. Let's throw one in. What are we say? Nanos or Metcons? Talk to me. Oh, that's a... It's a tough one. So, Met... <laughs> he's stumped I like nanos because they're so much more comfortable yes yeah I agree Metcons look so much better but my other problem is Metcons you buy them and within three months they're fucked yeah this, I had the same fucking you had the side bits you know like the bit where you're supposed to do the rope climbs yeah where you bend your toe yeah it fucking peels off doesn't it that's a nightmare yeah you can ask Will Griffiths I've gone back to him many times with him asking for a new pair um I've been like, I've had these three months. But you said they look, they look really good. Whereas nanos won't do that. I've had nanos for years and they're oh, absolutely... Oh, I've still got some fucking really old... No, I know, I've got some. I've had these bad boys for quite a while and they've done all right. These these old, these old fucking things. They've had the, I've had these for ages, these. They're nice. And like, they do the job. Like, um, they're a lot more comfy. I prefer doing burpees in them. I don't mind lifting in them. They're actually quite comfy. They're just not as aesthetically pleasing as... The Metcon, and so I have just bought myself a brand new pair of Metcons. Um, but I tell you what, I have bought as well. I just bought a pair of Reebok Glows, Reebok Glow or something. So they look like a Nano, but they're more running trainer. Do you know, what I thought of straight away there, Ben. I thought of the trainers. You know, you stamp your foot, and the lights sort of fucking stop glowing in the bottom. That's what I thought. Of. Where did they go? Why aren't they being made anymore? Nano needs to be listening there. <laughs> someone, someone, write that down. That's gonna. Someone's missing a profit margin on that. But yeah, the Reebok, they were they were on sale on Wit, so obviously I bought them. Um, but they're like a cream colour, but they're like a cross between a running trainer and a nano. And I just thought instead of ruining all of my nice shoes that I like to wear when I train, I'd buy a nice pair of trainers that I would just wear for taking classes and PTing that are functional, but then I can just wear them then. 
and not worry too much about their condition because I'm not using them for any serious stuff. I'm just using them for teaching and my serious ones. So they're, 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 they're not, no, nothing's being overused. Everything's got its purpose. Yeah, I like it. That's similar to me, actually. I've got, I use my um, nanos quite a lot. Those ones I just showed you, I wear them quite a lot of work because they're very comfortable, they're like slippers. Um, and then I've got my other nanos, which I tr- actually train in, and then that way it stops that, said that overuse. And I've got some Metcons, which I haven't worn for ages because they just fell apart after like a day. No, exactly. So like, I've got my Nano Xs that I wear to like do most of my coaching and stuff, but they're all black. So this is why I had to buy these ones because I was like, it's getting to summer and all black trainers. I'm not really a massive fan in the summer. I like to have a bit of flair. A little bit of colour. I could tell from your um your budgie your budgie felt in the pool. You're a you're a man of um eccentric. <laughs> That's racist. Can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about time we got cancelled, and it's not me this time. Yeah, me this time. I, I do like colour. I've got a flare pair of like orange like training shorts. Um, I do like the blues. I like I like I bought the whip pride vest. Not just because I was supporting pride, because I was like this turquoise. And rainbow is spot on. Yeah. See, I do like an occasional loud colour. Sam Cornforth and I used to have an obsession with um, getting ridiculous headbands for competition. Doesn't surprise me. It's very CrossFit, isn't it? We have spoken about the in the past about CrossFit and its association with headbands. Yeah, it's almost like they just they you don't go out and buy a headband. You start doing CrossFit, and eventually, what happens is you just grow a headband. <laughs> It's like a mood changing ring. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start finding them everywhere. Yeah. Honestly, I've I find them in all sorts of drawers now and I'm like, I bought this. When what what possessed me to buy It's like a curse. You didn't buy them, they just appear in the drawers. Yeah. And every time you throw it out, you double it, two more appear, one in the microwave. Yeah. It's like protein shakers that you, that don't have a lid or a base. You always you go to change the batteries in your TV remote. There's a fucking headband in the slot. What's going on? <laughs> Lads, we could be going on all night, but it's been uh, it's been long enough. It's been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Ben. Uh, this has been a very uh, it's been a very dynamic dynamic conversation. I'll say um, it's been all over the place. I loved it. I hope I you guys it. want to improve your life based on what I've said tonight, and um, <laughs> take my message and spread it as far and wide as possible. Where can people find you to find this message, Ben? Where's, where's the best place for you to? Sorry, um... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> move to Surrey and move next to the barn. Yeah, at Ben Chips, but you'll get a lot of horse spam me working out on a daily basis i'll show you what i've done this is something that blows my mind before we end so i document every single workout i do everything like i put it on my story and i'm like i did this today and i still get people texting me being like i didn't realize you were so strong when i do a pb and i'm like you see my working sets on a weekly basis and i've gone for a pb and you didn't know that was coming (laughs) like even that was coming yeah i wasn't surprised because i knew the work would be done so like have a little more attention. But anyway, maybe I'm a bit self-indulgent. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, at Ben Chips is where to where to go. Nice, yeah. At Ben Chips PT, but he was a different man. He's different, <laughs> a different man. If you're in the Surrey area, um, look out for the, the stable barn. Guildford, just outside Guildford, Sutton Green. Nice. Um, we'll be there. Sounds very exciting. Maybe one day, maybe one day I'll, ch- I'll pop down, Ben. I'll... Um... Oh, mate, honestly, once we get it going, I've invited so many people to come down. You might as well bring everyone. Bring everyone. I mean, give notice first. Don't just turn up. Because if it is a barn, there's likely to be farmers with shotguns nearby. So just, yeah. It's not the shotguns you need to worry about. It's the two dogs that are the size of horses. 
I'll turn I'll turn up on horseback waving a chat shit get fit flag so you know so you know I'm coming. That would be (laughs) very much accepted. You do that and we'll we'll have you any day. But yeah, up and running 100. percent I'm going to get as many people down as possible to have a look at space and just to use it and do CrossFit and maybe we could do a workout and I'll go on your Instagram find out what you're not very good at. We could do that one. I like it. That is exactly how I should be. (laughs) How tall are you, Bill? How tall am I? Six foot. Yeah. Don't lie. Remember, I've, I know you, you do lie. You know how tall I am, Tom. I'll get my fucking... Five foot I'll get, eleven I'll get, and three quarters. I'll get my mod 90 out in a minute. I'll get my idea out. It's got my height on it. <laughs> With your beret on. <laughs> you're, you're when I wear boots, foot. yeah. No, nah, six yeah. feet. So you're, you're six foot and how tall are you, Tom? Yeah, this is where it is. Oh, I'm... I'm I'm close to six foot. <laughs> so you're crossing, <laughs> Tom. Stand the fuck I'm up, Tom. Five nine. I'm five nine. Five nine. Fuck off. Get lower. I'm five nine. Well, I'm five eight. <laughs> no, what? It's no. Let's settle for five eight. <laughs> you're perfect height for CrossFit, whereas Bill and I are bloody yeah. Yeah, I'm vertically challenged. Yeah, that's fine. So we'll probably be bad at the same thing. Tom, I do CrossFit. We did one session on a skirg once, and he wrapped it in after that. So. Yeah, that was me done. Then the next day I was flashing up. This is called an EMOM, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I will demonstrate the EMOM now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I grew a headband. This has been a very enjoyable episode. We've been, this is a very long, it's over two hours. Yeah. Um, for those who are listening, that might be coming from Ben's side, like Ben's uh, friends and stuff. And they've heard this is might be the first ever episode of our podcast. We are actually at its core an evidence-based podcast about health and fitness. But this week we've just gone rogue a little bit. Um, yeah. Hmm. I mean, feel free to invite him back. I was all about evidence. Evidence, okay. Tom, get your science out, mate. We'll, we'll carry on for another hour. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about nasal breathing? <laughs> nasal breathing? Yeah. Waste of my time. Yeah. Waste of my time. Waste of our time. Yeah, I, like that. that's the, that's... I don't think we should be breathing. We should be living through photosynthesis. <laughs> Tom, we should earn the right to breathe. We need to earn the right to breathe first. Earn the right to get... breathe, yeah. Get your PVC lens out. <laughs> yeah. Earn the right to breathe. Oh, very, very good. Anyway, it's been a pleasure as always, guys. Yeah, good. Um, nice, to, nice to meet you, chaps. And uh, yeah, we'll catch Take you again soon. Adios, gents. As always, thanks for listening. If you want to follow along with Ben and the rest of his journey, then please check out the show notes down below for links on how you can do just that. Also down in the show notes will be a link on how you can support the podcast and grab some great tasting coffee. That is also the UK's most caffeinated blend. So Cannibal Coffee not only tastes good, but it will be able to give you those scientifically proven benefits in the gym due to its high caffeine dosage. So if you use Primal 10 at checkout, you'll get a discount and you'll be able to help us out as well. If you want to learn more about this coffee and why it's a you know a great bet for any gym goer and not just making this stuff up, then yeah, head over to chatshitgetfit.com slash coffee for all the details. Anyway, we will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon. <laughs>